0: 102 here on BSE. Welcome to episode 190 here on BSE. Welcome to Boozy Energy number four. Welcome to episode 169 here on BSE. Today I'm gonna be tasting G Fuel Bahama Mama. Today I'm gonna be tasting Jeff Bezos's energy drink. Today I'm tasting balls. First thing I'm talking about here is the color, which honestly is kind of silly and looks like Tony the Tiger bled out on the glass. On the nose, yeah, this smells a lot like a rocket pop. There's aromas of candied cherry, of lime cordial, and whatever the blue raspberry is. On the nose, this smells like the aroma in the doctor's office when they're drawing Grimace's blood to test them for diabetes. On the palate, this is full-bodied and it's delicious. On the palate, this is terrible. This is almost unbelievably bad. Honestly, this is the worst I could ever imagine. Them, I'm gonna score this 90 BSE points. <laughs> I'm gonna score 80 BSE points, and I hope you have an energetic day. And I hope you have an energetic day. You
1: have an, an an energetic
2: day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everybody, welcome <laughs> to Ellen.
3: another episode of Thirsty Thursday.
0: What what were you gonna say there? I, I wanted to do a whole Asami, uh, a sh- uh, like a, a montage of Asami. <laughs>
3: i would probably get canceled for one form or fashion it's it's sometimes it gets a little bizarre in her comment section after we we post one of those um but you know hey it is what it is everybody this is this is timmy bluegrass and for those of you that don't know timmy bluegrass goes a long way back um back to when i used to do uh the uh the 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 live show like I, was, I still do live shows, obviously, but it was the one where I would take questions from the, uh, from the community and I would just, you know, grind out for an hour or so. And, and Timmy, I I mean, dude, I've recalled seeing your name for years, not like two sure. years, but I'm saying like three, four years. It feels like, if not longer, even
0: you were still Matt, you were still spraying the lawns when I first started watching you. So, the OG. I, mean, it was like, I was there on like episode three or something of, uh, I remember all the whiteboards and things like that. So, yeah, it was back 17, 18. I can't remember the exact year, but it was really early.
3: Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, that is the OG. So thank you for taking time out of your day to come on. Um, and for those of you that don't know, um, Timmy uh, professionally is, a, uh, is an energy drink drinker. Um, and he <laughs> uh, reviews energy drinks for um, these mega corporations. And uh, so he is what is known as a a sommelier, and uh, a lot of people equate sommeliers with wine and liquor, right? However, what you have found is a niche market to be able to become a sommelier for the big brands like Monster and Red Bull and things like that, right?
4: I mean, sort of. I, I definitely have a real job, like a nine to five. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I, I haven't figured out exactly how to monetize this energy drink thing, but yes, this is like a, I don't know, it's like an episode of Jerry Springer or something where my grass life and my professional life and whatever this energy drink thing are all coming together at once.
3: No, but in real life, you actually are a, uh, a, a true, um, uh, certified sommelier, correct?
0: I'm, I'm beyond
3: certified, actually.
0: Yeah, I so I run the beverage department for a high-end golf course in Northern America. Um, that's my nine-to-five. That's what pays the bills. That's what uh, keeps this bluegrass that I grow alive. And then the energy drink thing is just something that
4: happened on the side, honestly. It's pretty wild.
3: So I, I I've, I've got to ask, how did you get into... Uh, becoming a a professional uh, uh, flavor explorer.
0: So I'll give you I'll give you the whole life story as quick as I can. Um, so I grew up pretty close to where I live now in Northern Maryland. Um, I never had a lawn or a wine cellar growing up, so there was no uh, I don't know no, no signs of what would become. Um, I lived for the longest time in like kind of a townhouse condominium and I don't know maybe we had like 200 square feet of uh, KY 31 back there and my dad used to have like one of those electric uh, uh, weed whacker things and he would go out there and hack at it and he fucking hated it. (laughs) and i think uh Mm -hmm. my mom got a promotion at work and she just ripped out all the turf and started putting in some garden beds and things like that and that was actually the my kind of first interaction with uh agriculture agronomy in general was my mom growing herbs and tomatoes and stuff like that but yeah after that we had no lawn whatsoever and the kind of family i grew up in i think i went to summer camp like One year when I was 12. And after that, my dad said, like, that's enough of that shit. Like, you got to get a job. And so I started working in restaurants when I was 14. I'm definitely under the table, kind of dishwashing stuff. And they've never let me out. So I spent my whole life in this business and I started. I guess around the time I was 19, this is a good story. Actually, I was working at a restaurant as a bar back, which for those who don't know is someone who like helps out the bartender. And one of the shifts that I worked was with this older woman. She was like 40, 45 or so. She was a manager at the restaurant, but she also did one shift on the bar. And I was again, probably 18, 19 at this point. And she said, the only way that you can learn to work behind the bar is to taste every single product we have here. And so me and her just got <laughs> wasted every single Monday for like months on end. Like this bar, it wasn't like, like a high end place or anything. It was kind of a neighborhood spot, but it had a pretty decent selection of stuff. And we literally tasted every single thing. And that was my first exposure to beverage and uh from there, I just kind of grew, and again, I've never left this industry, so I went to culinary school and then to college in upstate New York and started working as a sommelier soon after in Boston and New York and moved back to Maryland about 10 years ago, and that's kind of it, yeah. Um, Perf kind of came back in maybe, uh, I don't know, around the time I found you at 17, 18 or so.
3: Well, we also have a professional bareback on the, uh, I mean, barback on the show, Um and that that starts with Mr. Ryan DeMay here. And uh, sorry, oh. Ryan, we we jumped into this like real quick. Uh, everybody, we've got we got Ryan DeMay and Ray Edo here. Talk to me, gentlemen. How are y'all? Mm. Oh Freudian doing slip? great. Is that a Freudian uh, slip? Oh, too, too many too many will
5: credits. Oh.
3: <laughs> I thought that was broke back. Did I get that
5: wrong? No. <laughs> no, I just see. I quoted. I quoted. I quoted a movie that, of course, you probably haven't seen, "Christmas Vacation." I have seen. You tried to Christmas do the double, vacation, but it's been a long. Time. You you tried to do the double entendre of bareback, right? And then I came back over the top of you with as it did, was it a Freudian slip, and I said, "Bend over, and I'll show you." It's from "Christmas Vacation," so that's how we got there. Now. I'm doing well. I'm excited for this episode. It's uh, it's somebody, I will say this, no man crush, nothing like that, but I admire this gentleman. He, he uh, works hard at his real job. It's very clear that he has time for his uh, little uh, creative side deal like we do here, and I appreciate that. And he's growing, uh, Ray, a type of grass that not a lot of people have right now, and I'm curious to dig in on that. And see how we can ruin it for them, because we're just we're just living here until the next time we kill grass, and then we'll just get back on the surfboard and paddle back out and find another wave. Right, Ray? You know about that?
2: Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, uh, that's like uh, how everything goes. Is uh, yeah, it's not long before I'm turning another area into dirt myself. Not long.
5: That's why we love you.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, so this morning's con- this morning's conversation by the way to me involved yes. soil fumigants.
4: Oh god. <laughs> what are yeah. you fumigating with?
2: Well, one of my sod grower friends was asking me about the practicality of applying Bazemid or vapem to his sod beds, Oof. Oof. and I said, "Ah, if you asked me this prior to 2000, I would have told you go for it." Because prior to 2000, did you know that literally anybody would walk in and buy? azimuth or vapen and apply it according to the directions.
5: you know what this is a there's a very actually a very pertinent conversation too to our guest tonight because at some point if ever in the future that uh well what his friends call him? well I'll, I'll call him what his his very best friends call him Timothy Bluegrass if he ever needs to rid himself of, of this grass He very well might need to fumigate, Ray, wouldn't you say?
2: No. No. I can use Ray's uh, favorite other
4: side. Diquat, Diquat for the win. Yeah,
2: because he he has, uh, (laughs) true or false, I mean, we're going to do a little bit of a spoiler, is Mr. Timothy Bluegrass here has glyphosate-resistant Kentucky Bluegrass as his lawn. Uh. That is true. That is true.
0: But I believe, Ooh, Ray, I that your favorite ahead. herbicide uh, known as Red Cap
4: uh, Roundup could clear that up pretty quickly.
2: Ooh. Actually, I, I, not, I had, it's not... I, I, in it's all seriousness, I think... Cap, ra- no, it's not the Red Cap uh, Roundup that is my actual favorite. Uh, it's that concoction that uh, the Lawn Stripe showed me one time and I said, please don't use that in your yard if you Love your kids and dogs. <laughs> Lord have mercy.
1: No, what no. was that? Okay,
2: Matt. Matt. <laughs> uh, you remember uh, that time that I was freaking out because he showed me that bottle that had, that was a spectrocide product and it contained Diquat, Fluaziflop, and Dicamba in it.
1: Oh, yeah. I do
2: remember that. I, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was asking him, uh, why the hell do you have this?
3: <laughs> if it, if it comes know, from from Home Depot, you're in the clear, right? I mean, that's that's really all you got to look out for. Is what is it, what is the retail availability? Um, I like <laughs> I like the Roundup Quick Pro, but if I you know I saw I saw somebody mention um somebody mentioned Monument, and that would be that would be my go to. I would mix up mm-hmm. fifteen grams to the acre. And I would go light it up and, you know, you definitely can't plant any it is, it is. It's three scoops or a mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those. And um, mm-hmm. here's the thing, though. You would be limited on cool season establishment for a long period of time if you did that. So uh, where if you did, if you did go with die you would uh, you would be able to turn around pretty quickly. But all right. So, Timmy, talk to us when you were going about turf grass selection. How did you end up on uh, the Kentucky Bluegrass Pro Vista, the, um, the Roundup tolerant the Glyphosate tolerant Kentucky Bluegrass?
0: So I will tell you a story, Matt Martin, that I don't think anybody knows, even uh, the closest of friends, that when I first started at the golf club that I work at, um, I was blown away. So again, I had not been on a golf course, maybe ever, and at least in, I don't know, 25 years or something like that. And so I roll onto this golf course that's, you know, considered one of the best 25 golf courses in the United States. And I'm blown away by the turf, just completely blown away by it. And so I want to learn about it. And, you know, I was somewhere within my first year or two of working there I buy my first house and the super at the time, he's no longer there, but he and I used to, you know, shoot uh, conversations back and forth. And I asked him about what was in the rough and he said it was mostly Kentucky bluegrass. And so I decided like, that's what I want to grow is Kentucky bluegrass. And he like, he thought I was completely nuts. Like he said to me one time, like, Timmy, Maryland is fescue country. This is fescue country. And I was like, but no, you have bluegrass. Like I'm looking at bluegrass right now. You're telling me that's bluegrass. Like I want to grow that. And he's like, no, you can't like home lawns. You got to do fescue. And I just insisted. And one time he's like, you and this bluegrass thing, I'm calling you Timmy bluegrass. And so that's where the name came from. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've messed around from like the first days I ever had a lawn with bluegrass and I was doing fescue mixes and like tiny little test plots of bluegrass. I grew midnight. I grew, I don't know, a bunch of different cultivars, uh, blue bank, blue note, um, can't remember what else, um, Mazama. Anyway, um, I decided to go full bluegrass, um, during the quarantine i don't know i just had time um work was slow we were open but work was slow and uh, so i just said like eff it let's give it a shot and so i renovated in fall of 2020 to um, provista and i guess i probably found out about provista from uh alan hayne when he started pushing the saint augustine and i think i went to their website realized there was a um a kentucky bluegrass cultivar of the same thing and i don't know i just i I like things that are new i guess like i got one of those amazon echo things like right out of the gate even though like i'm sure jeff bezos is like listening to me and my wife like you know uh you know, have special times, but uh, I always just like things that are new. I love progress. I love technology. I love um, seeing new things. And so when I heard about Pro Vista, I was like, I want in on this. And I'm sure there's a million people watching who are going to want to know how I got it. And I literally just called them up and like, I don't know. I mean, I talk to people for a living, so I kind of talk my way into it. I don't think that's possible (laughs) these days. I don't even think they're selling seed anymore, but um, I think they want to keep it side farm only. But um, yeah, that's basically it. There's no, I didn't have any magic tricks. I didn't do anything crazy. I just called them up and, uh, you know, ended up talking to some guy. And I guess I pitched him well enough that he decided to sell me um, 20 pounds of seed.
3: Um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want a live action role play here, and you tried to convince me to sell you 20 pounds of Do We have time to. do So that? to be honest, Matt,
0: like I basically just called and tried. So I was talking about like I, um, I don't know. I started throwing around fungicide names because I messed with you know. I realized really quickly in that. Um, Kentucky bluegrass in Maryland was a terrible idea. It still is a terrible idea. And we can get to that, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I knew enough about turf grass and I still don't know anywhere near what you guys know, but I knew enough at that point that I could, you know, I don't know. I was throwing around things like uh, you know, Exemplar and I don't know, whatever else I was using at the time. <laughs> and, you know, or, uh, sorry. Um uh, and Azoxy, and uh Cleary's three, three, six. And, you know, I made it clear to him that I had experience growing bluegrass that I wasn't just, yeah, 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 who, yeah. you know, saw something on YouTube that I actually had done it. And, you know, I could, I named the other culture bars, you know, midnight. I don't think I actually grew blue bank. I shouldn't have said that Uh blue note and uh Mazama and uh midnight and the ones that I grown. And I don't know, I guess, again, I, I, I can speak confidently when I need to. So I guess that was it. I mean, I don't know if we can live role play it, but I basically just threw as many fancy sounding names around as I could until he was like, okay, um,
4: no, it's, it's funny know, at a certain point how- I was like this guy's like
0: not going to get off the phone with me until I sell him some grass and that was pretty much <laughs> it, it was, I figured I would just keep walking and talking and talking until I made some seed. and so he did and he had transferred me over to some lady and they had it ooh, and they had it and uh you know it was in my I don't know it got here way before I needed it let's put it that way it was it was in my house within three weeks that's incredible that is,
2: that's incredible it's the
0: secret I mean, that's the... Yeah, but I had no special connections. I have none. So, again, I can't see the YouTube chat right now, but uh, I can't help anybody get it. I know a lot of people want it. Um, We can talk about why they don't want it, uh, RD, but um, that's a different story. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happened like that, if you will. And uh,
4: that that was that.
2: It's interesting. This is interesting to me, Timmy, because normally... Uh, what I see as far as the grass sales side of things is I see all the time people being sold stuff that they have no damned business having. Sure. Okay. They have no darn business having it. I mean, uh, and of course the good part about that is because there's so much of that going around me. That's why I have a viable business. Because, of course, I'm in the situation of, Hi. I just had $50,000 worth of sod installed, and I have no stinking idea how to take care of it. I don't want it to die.
3: <laughs> Except usually right. that's like a pallet and a half of sod.
5: <laughs> in Hawaii, right? It was the... It was the.
3: the
5: I was in the back of a three-quarter ton Hawaii. pickup truck, Matt. <laughs>
3: they they exactly. actually hauled it. They used seven people that were going to install it to just carry the rolls there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Almost handcrafted sod. <laughs> yeah. Almost it was
3: couple of shadis
5: this morning. This this is one topic like I want to I want to touch on while we're kind of on the we're still in between the booze and the turf, but one thing I've always. It, found at least outside looking in right i look at this i look at the beer wine and spirits industry kind of like a a, an amateur right like i just drink it i use it i enjoy it it gets me drunk whatever right (laughs) where probably people look at turf in a way well no people look at turf in a way that unlike us like are just like hey i mow it i want it to be green i want to you know just be happy about it i don't need a bunch of other stuff in my mind so i'm curious though how much of the wine spirits and beer industry now, especially like in the last say 10, 15 years has been wrapped up around like the story or the narrative or the romantic whimsical shit that gets worked up in the marketing copy and the anecdotal stories and how hard it was to get or uh, in, in turf, like how blue green it's going to make your fucking grass or whatever. Like, do you see similarities there? And like, no Car- I don't, carbon earth what is that i don't know i don't know what that is doesn't exist oh rest <laughs> in peace i love you
3: <laughs> it was one out was a cheap shot is i mean that's why i was doing no.
1: it.
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> to answer your question a lot i mean it's i think it's been that way for a lot longer in 10 or 15 years i mean the high-end stuff is sold on a story um But honestly, I mean, that was one thing. I focus mainly on wine in my job, though. I do a lot of spirits work, too. Uh, We can talk bourbon in the after show if people want and whatnot. But um, (laughs) um, the the agronomic aspects of high-end wine are super intense. I mean, it's as intense as, you know, Augusta National and things like that. I mean, you're looking at, you know, people with advanced degrees and, uh, you know, you have, you know, four, sometimes five different people who are devoted to just simply ag- ag- agronomic management and high-end vineyards and, you know, then a the huge vineyard crew. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really ag heavy thing. I mean, especially in the modern era. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the story and all that kind of stuff with wine and spirits and rarity, I mean, when you get into especially like high-end bourbons and stuff like that, it's all based on rarity and it's all based on some bullshit story about some guy who, you know, lived a hundred years ago and, you know, supposedly did this or supposedly did that. So, I mean, there's a ton of it, you know, um, there, there, there's a ton of crossovers in that sense too. There's also a ton of, um, as likes to be discussed on this show, uh, a lot of BMS in that world. So.
5: Yeah. And that's what I was, I was sort of getting at was uh, how, okay. So let me ask it this way is how much like in your view as a, as a true expert, like, uh, of just, you know, wine spirits, beer as a whole, right. Or you, and you can, t- you can take them each individually, How much of the quote unquote high end top shelf stuff in all reality is just pretty much average stuff, not necessarily in terms of taste or quality, but just average stuff that could work just as well as something that's, you know, you buy off the shelf at Costco or something like that. I'm just curious on the similarities of like, you know, us saying, hey, you know, just use ammonium sulfate to use urea or, you know, use the basics. Like, how do you see the similarities there in those? Um
0: Yeah, it's, it's really tough to say. I would say a a sizable portion. Um, probably about the same as in, uh, turfgrass management. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff again that's sold simply on the basis of rarity. I mean, again, we can talk Pappy Mm -hmm. Van Winkle bourbons if people want to talk about that. Those are again, literally. I mean, not that they're not good products, but that the reason they get the prices that they do is because they're rare period, full stop, yeah. you know, again, that doesn't mean, and that's where things get complicated. It's why I stumbled on your question. It's not that, um, they're not good products, but the reason that they command the prices that they do is simply, you know, scarcity in the marketplace. And that's true for high-end beer, high-end wine, et cetera. And frankly, people's belief in quality is oftentimes uh, connotative of, um, um, how rare something is. So literally, and you'll see that in the marketplace where when supply of a certain product goes up, people's actual belief in its quality goes down
4: which is pretty crazy to think about, but that's absolutely true in the world of uh, spirits in particular.
5: You hear that, Matt? Next idea for Singapore, single barrel fertilizer. You heard it here first, ladies go. and gentlemen. There you you heard it here yeah, first.
0: Exactly. Well, some story about it and, you know.
5: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: But then you can just water old, can old,
5: old, Grampy Mar- old Grampy Martin down there in Mississippi, he thought, man, I'm gonna. I, I gonna that? put this in a. I, I'm gonna put this RD, in a bag. RD, I'm gonna put it in a RD, barrel. I'm
0: curve RD, I'm ahead of the curve here. I actually have an original bag of carbon earth, uh, carbon X, I should say, with humic acid and kelp. I'm selling that for anybody on YouTube for forty nine ninety nine per pound. It
5: is no, 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 <laughs> no. this
0: is he's the real draw. Real. This is not. This is oh, here, sir. No
5: peptides. He's gonna draw a a nude pencil drawing of Matt and put it in there. And he's going to sell the whole thing as an NFT million dollars oh, right there. God.
3: Split that with me.
5: I'm full of ideas uh, tonight. I'm full of ideas.
0: It's all win, no lose there.
1: Listen, my favorite
3: comment I got related to, to that whole thing right there was, uh, there was somebody who said um, this guy, this guy was mowing yards last year and this year he's making fertilizer in his kitchen sink and i was like what that guy right there and this, is, this is when when the carbon products came out he was like he was mowing oh. grass last year and this year he's making fertilizer in his kitchen sink
1: and I was. <laughs> you know what
3: bothered me about that whole thing it wasn't the kitchen sink thing it was the fact that he accused me of mowing lawns for a living i was so put off by that i was like this guy everyone knows you, you don't understand mow grass man. like Everyone knows
2: that. Mow grass. I hate mowing grass. I mean, that that has got to be like the top ten most triggering (laughs) moments is uh, Matt mowing grass. Walt gee, I mean, I sympathize with you because do you know what will put me into orbit, Matt? What's that? If someone conflates me with a landscaper,
1: that'll put, that'll put me into orbit.
5: Four-letter four word. That's like landscaper if uh, into- you know, <laughs> uh Ray. This is like if the uh, you know the beverage rep came in and told Timothy that uh, he had to put Keystone on tap. You know he would have to be like, "Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, no, <laughs> we." Yeah. We don't do that and I don't do that. Do <laughs> you remember at Goodwood Brewery when oh, they okay. had
3: the uh, they had the tap of uh, of Bud Light and when you went to it and poured beer out of the tap, water came out and that was like that was their joke. Did you did you see that mm-hmm. was at Goodwood Brewery?
2: Oh, I saw that. I, I I saw that. I thought
3: that
5: was funny. Oh yeah, 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 I did. It was, was in the think... front of the place and up there. Yeah. I remember it was up there. Yeah. By the restroom there. Yep. Yeah. Good old goodwood. Well, yeah. That'll be. uh we'll have to be another stop. We'll have to get Timmy out, out, break him f- free for uh next year's get together. He was sorely missed at that. Mm. One. So all right. So back <laughs> to grass here. All right. So using your cunning powers of persuasion and uh a great phone voice. Clearly, Hell I mean a great yeah. phone voice. Stop. Anybody who's listening. Anybody who's listened to BSE knows this guy's got a wonderful phone voice. Uh, you talk him out of the the grass. Tell us about like the prep, the the mindset, the timing, all that kind of stuff. Of and what were you going from? Like it was just like all those different bluegrasses you had that you were just testing out. That was just the whole yard, or that was just like the side piece. Now, the, that was mainly area. in the
4: back.
0: Yeah, that was mainly in the back. Um, I had mostly tall fescue. Um, I don't know, the same cultivars that probably everyone was watching. This uses um, fourth millennium. Um, I saw actually, we can talk a little bit about this. I have some fescue that grows in uh, essentially deep shade. Um, I have about 300 square feet in this area I call the hill. It's a super steep hill. You can barely walk up it. Uh, I can barely get a mower across it. It's so steep. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, you can see how small that is. Uh, um, maybe... 330 square feet there and that's um rebounder that is um excuse me that's mainly rowdy with rebounder uh, a little bit of fourth millennium and um what else is in there maybe some titanium uh, 2ls or something like that so anyway i had basically the same cultivars in different mixes all over the place and i had some in bluegrass i don't know it was just kind of a hodgepodge uh of experiments and things like that all over the place but the front um which is behind where this picture is taken from was mainly fescue um, so the reno process was crazy. Um, I've renoed a bunch of times. I mean, I'm not Ryan Nor, but I'd done a bunch as I did these experiments along the way. Um, and this one went really, really badly. Uh, my dog passed away right at the beginning of it, which was horrible. God. I was super busy with work oh, and also in the very front, I'm sure we'll see some pictures of it soon. And this is where Matt, I think I was asking questions every single week during the live show about this. I took down a 35 foot Bradford pear tree. And, uh, I'm sure I've talked about this with uh, some of you before, but I, they, they quoted me, like I asked them how much to remove the roots and they said something like $3,000. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Like I I, I'm going to do that myself. And so I bought like a Sawzall and like one of those big iron, like crowbar things. that's like six feet tall from home Depot. And I think I spent three hours a day for like three weeks straight, like 21 straight days out there digging out roots. Um, I'm really glad I did. I'm really, really glad, but that was definitely the hardest physical work I've ever done in my entire life. Um, in some ways I wish I'd just paid the three grand to have somebody else do it. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the reno process was really rough. Um, um i didn't do any kind of prep in terms of soil prep um, i should have and we'll talk about this i'm sure later on it's really my only issue i have a ton of rocks in my soil leftover construction debris and things like that i should have yeah um this is literally from i don't know 10 square feet this summer that's maybe from 100 square feet this summer um and that crap is all over the place i should have dug it all out i should have probably tilled up and then uh compacted back down i didn't do any of that um we can look at a soil test later, I'm guess, but my soil's fine in terms of uh, nutrients and pH and whatnot. So I just literally let it be. Um, I aerated, put bluegrass down, topped it with um, whatever that Lesco stuff is. That's uh, kind of that uh, paper mulch thing, if you will. Um, I've always used that. I've never been a, uh, um, whatchamacallit, peat moss fan. And uh, let it roll. And it went really badly. Um, the ProVista took forever to germinate. Um, I want to say 28 days or so um it was really 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 long and uh, i can't speak to anybody watching this but for me at that point i had you know some years of experience with grass i started thinking like i don't know what i'm doing like this is a disaster like my wife starts asking like are we going to have a lawn and you know all that kind of stuff <laughs> and finally it came up it looked really badly going into the winter but by i don't know may of this year 2021 it was fully grown in so it's just the reality of bluegrass and again i think pro Vista being a really slow cultivar to germinate um You need need some psychological strength to do that. Let me put it that way. I was freaking
4: (laughs) out at points. I was thinking, like,
0: this is just not happening. Because, again, I'd done bluegrass a lot of times before. I'd never had 28 days to germinate. And I went August 25th in Maryland. So it was not a late seeding or Mm. something like that. I probably should have gone a week or two earlier. If I had to do it again, obviously I would have. But, yeah, the process was insane. So um, it went really badly. But it all, I don't know, it was grass tends Mm -hmm. to. It all worked out at the end
5: it'll grow back dude whatever
4: fine.
0: yeah exactly so matt martin yeah, so
5: that's what it said the bottom all, all of uh, matt's invoices he left it by the door yeah, grow
1: <laughs> it'll grow back <laughs> yeah it'll grow back
0: so anyway yeah that was the runo experience it was rough um compared to any other runo i've done and i mean especially for somebody uh or people oriented around fescue or rye or something i mean it was uh crazy but um it worked out so everything's good now and uh yeah, everything other than that one patch that you just saw is ProVesta. So, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know when these are. I'll put some dates on them, but you can see this. Most of them are from the fall. Um, yeah, this the summer is my busiest season, so I didn't take a ton of pictures. Um, I probably have some. Uh, maybe I can send a J Pink here on the fly, Ooh. but uh, it looked Ooh. really rough in the summer. These it looks really good, and that's July Fourth right there. So, um, and you can see that's. Damn. KY 31 and a bunch of other garbage over on the side that belongs to my HOA. So you can kind of see a contrast there. You marked,
4: you marked this Uh, one. What would you call it here? A domination line, if you will, um, to use like the worst (laughs) term in the world. Ooh. Put some leather on and
0: Go Um, out there and mow
5: that lawn. uh, Uh Yeah. So so that's
4: mowed with a, uh, uh, uh,
0: Susie homemaker Scott's 15 inch reel mower. Um, there you go. There she is. Oh, yeah! Gosh. Wow! I think right. at that point, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Two and a I don't know what that is. It's hard for me to tell from that picture. Uh, but two and a quarter, two two point five, something like that. I messed around. I, I, I literally did not follow the RD Bible. I messed around with heights all the time this season. So I went as high as three and a quarter in the backyard, and as low as. I, don't know, I want to say 1.75 in the front so i just kind of played around with it and i ended up settling on two and a half in the back which has some shade and uh two in the front which uh is full sun so um yeah that's the back so i can live with it i see a couple
4: I can live of great there I can't see the one on
0: the left but there's a couple uh a couple grape mines there um anyway i mean it looks good i mean these are obviously fall pictures of bluegrass in the transition zone where it looks really good uh, i probably should have included some bad pictures honestly uh uh I, I don't think I did any, um, but you can see it looks nice in the fall. And oh, there we Ooh,
1: go. There yeah, let's talk
4: about this. Not, let's talk
0: about t- this. Let's,
5: let's talk about this. So what, what's the date rough date on this picture? Um, May
0: 25th, June 1st, something like that. So this seed head thing, um, Aldo, who I'm sure is in the chat here. At one point, I remember sending this to him or something like that. And he, him being like, dude, you're hold on as poet. <laughs> and there's a point where it kind of <laughs> looks like, don't know, you know. Like it, it really looks like that. Um, if you, if you get down in or if you zoom in, the seed heads are a different shape, obviously. But uh, that's not Poet up, anyway, but it sort of looks like it. You know, um, it looks really, really bad. And that's in the back where I was mowing a bit taller. Um, in the front, again, I just started mowing. Um, much lower and that did a pretty good job of it. But I found I had to mow every day. And for those not familiar with ProVista, again, I'm not pitching this at all. I have no relationship with Scott's. I'm sure Scott's is probably not thrilled with me saying shit like
1: this. no, we already beat you. We've Uh, got a link in
0: in the description below. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. And here's my affiliate link. Um, Um the the okay sorry I know what I was going to say was that one of the things that they pitch you on ProVista or one of its advantages is that it's genetically slow growing. But I found to keep the seed heads under
4: control, I had to mow every single day um, at somewhere around one point seven five two inches.
5: So, yeah, I mean anyway, that's I mean that's again, yeah, which is
0: you know if if the whole point is to not not have to mow it as often, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, and that seed head thing to be clear lasted three weeks maybe i mean obviously it kind of faded in and faded out just like anything else but it was a really 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 long time um it was brutal frankly and it looked terrible in the back um but the issue with me in the back is that i have a lot of shade there so i can't cut super low um, i could cut really low in the front and maybe i'll go a bit lower i saw somebody be like you got to go lower in the chat um i don't know i'm not a i'm not a super real mo guy i'm sorry to disappoint you i'm also not a stripes guy which i'm sure is just gonna like send some people into uh you know uh, i love it i love it but, um yeah i mean to me two inches is pretty good uh The heat in Maryland in the summer is brutal. Um, I think that might be, there's one in here where it's the middle of July. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we'll get to it as we scroll through where you can start to see the color really fading. Okay, cool. That's, that's August in the backyard. So again, that's got some shade, which keeps it cool. And you can see the color is gone there. Um, It it starts to look like crap. And uh, I mean, frankly, I've grown again, a variety of bluegrass cultivars, and I don't think any of them really look great in Maryland in the summer. So Maybe Ryan Nor can pull that off. I certainly couldn't. So, oh yeah, we're getting we're 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 going to
4: all the uh,
0: all the uh, uh, subjects are bouncing out now with the pictures.
2: That hail? Uh, No, that's ice, Ice. and that's his lawn in the summer. Because we talked about this. No, no, Matt. He and I talked about this, and he told me that his uh, bluegrass was stressing, and so I told him, "You have that." multi-thousand dollar ice maker at work put ice on that bluegrass because it is stressing from the heat i literally told timmy to ice down his lawn yeah seriously
4: Uh, so i did this all summer
0: long matt no joke and it was honestly, it was a lot of work. So I had this gigantic cooler that every single day I would take to work. And then on the way home, I would fill it up with ice and then drag it out of my car, drag it into my house, leave it upstairs. Like, my wife would be like, what is going on? This is insane. You know? <laughs> and then when I left work not every a- day. I would take it out and le- I mean, there's no way, at least for me as a homeowner to spread ice. I don't know if uh, RD has a uh, professional ice spreader in his arsenal, but um, I was just literally taking like a quart container and tossing ice all over the place. Like, uh, you know, it was insane. Um, I don't know how much it helped. So that's the uh, question. uh, And I talked about this with a bunch of people. I don't know that. Let's put it this way, especially in the heat of summer in July, the ice was gone within 20 minutes. So um, obviously within the uh, canopy, it's cooling things down. There's no way that it couldn't. Did it last long enough to be worth all of the effort? Like, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure to be 100% honest with you. So. Um, it was certainly an interesting experiment and it made for amazing pictures like that. Um, it definitely made the neighborhood think that I was even more insane than they already think I'm insane. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was like that every single day. So, and I mean, that's not that much ice. I mean, I can't, I forget how big uh, of an area that picture is, but I mean, I was throwing down as heavy as I could just on essentially localized dry spots or hot spots, you know, where I knew things were struggling just from appearance. So. Um, again, this would only work. Obviously I work at a place where I can have unlimited amounts of free ice and my schedule working, <laughs> I essentially go to work at roughly <laughs> noon, one o'clock and I come home at, I don't know, 1030 to midnight, depending on the night. So it works, you know, in just a weird way where, you know, again, I could bring in the ice at night and, you know, toss it out during the day. Um like i said i don't know how much this did anything i would not necessarily recommend it um moving i don't know 150 pounds of ice is really difficult
4: at the end of the night when you're tired so i am speechless dude. I'm <laughs> you need to listen to the uh turf
0: cast there matt martin there was a uh, question where i pitched this to ryan demay and ryan nor gave it to him without telling him who it was and his reaction is definitely worth listening to. I have no idea what episode of that is, but it's absolutely worth listening to.
3: Listen, I there um, are there's you know, I understand sometimes I get excited into a project, right? And I'll I'll do some things that's probably extraordinary, right? But I will tell you, maybe it's how jaded I've become over over my years in this industry. There is not a <laughs> circumstance a dollar amount, a customer relationship that is worth salvaging to me that I would tote ice and apply it <laughs> to the property. And I think that's why I've run out of words here because
5: you, t- you say that, do you say that, but there's somebody, listen, there's somebody out there. Maybe we know, maybe we don't, but you know what? Somebody out there is gonna see this video, and they're gonna be He's like, going to "You know it. what? No, they're gonna no 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 no, they're gonna monetize it. and Say, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna send you slow release water.
0: I was gonna say, James <laughs> uh, LW in the chat has already, uh, you know, he better yeah. be taking the trademark on that, you know, slow release water. It's, it's, yeah,
5: you can I'm go down to the gas life. station. Uh, and and we'll get you know brought to you by the fine folks at hydrogen and oxygen
3: exactly
2: that hydrogen mm-hmm. monoxide hydrogen.
3: links in the description below
2: uh exactly that, i there's mean filter, like,
0: for slow release water
2: the I hydrogen so,
0: company they should be all over this you know
4: uh, whoever that is
3: i'm <laughs> so impressed something. at your level of uh of commitment um I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm stunned. I'm speechless. I mean, making
0: bluegrass work for me has been really difficult, and I went all in on it, so I figured, like, I mean, when you're all in, you're all in. And
1: yeah, yeah, Plus, I mean, this kind of
0: this kind of speaks to just my ethos, if you will, and that I love new ideas and coming up with crazy stuff, and this was actually where I bought, I mean, I'm sure Ray said this, too, but where I initially, at least in my mind, have the idea from was an episode of the Turfcast where Ryan Knorr was saying to Ryan DeMay here that he had at one point talked about this and it was a big joke and things like that. And so that put it in my head, like, could I actually do this? You know, Uh, to be clear also, I don't think that we've said this so far to everyone listening, but my lawn is only 3000 square feet and the area that gets really brutally stressed is I don't know, maybe 800 square feet. So, um, and I chose the worst of that 800 square feet because to be clear, 150 pounds of ice does not get you very far at all. I mean, <laughs> if you were to have a, I don't know, 10,000 square foot lawn, you would need thousands of pounds of ice, which I mean, honestly, even a professional machine is not going to make in 24 hours. So you would need some like really souped up, like stadium level ice machine, Let me put it this way. There's, you know, this could only work for me in this situation and maybe a couple other people with really small lawns who are growing the wrong grass in the wrong place.
3: Could you imagine, Timmy, at the end of the night, going by all the restaurants, kicking in the back door, stealing all their ice, having a truck bed full of coolers just packed to the brim? It's all over the news that someone is breaking into restaurants, only taking the ice. Nothing damaged. <laughs> just took the ice, cleaned the lines while he was actually there. The oddest criminal that it has actually, ever existed.
0: So my neighbor is actually a nurse, and I didn't do this, but I actually considered asking her if she could like bring some home, some extras. But <laughs> she's kind of I don't know. She's in like her no no 50s no no <laughs> like, you
5: no. Know, no, you just you know you get you get whatever extra ice the uh, the transplant organs are packed in that day, and you just tell her hey, just just go ahead and bring this. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of liver I mean, juice—that's um, no big deal. So yeah, There's probably it's some anywhere.
1: Probably, Any
3: iodine?
5: Probably, probably a little, a little amino acids in there, Ray. Something, you know. Yeah. There's some protein, some, new, some well, that's, nitrogen in there. That's the next
0: there. level of this business concept, Ryan. Is that you just add in? I don't know potassium and I don't know whatever else is good to you know put on the lawn in the middle of the
4: summer. You know, uh, we have to
5: watch wasn't YouTube. That, to wasn't, find that a, out. wasn't that a big thing like ten years ago in the in the beverage industry? Craft ice. Wasn't that a thing like you can get like Icelandic like a- Icelandic ice or you can get whatever like I don't even fucking know finger like I, no I
0: would not be surprised. I mean, what you can literally get look. now this Matt, Matt Martin, if you don't know this, this will blow you away is that again, they sell um, the whole bourbon industry is predicated on um, the idea that um um hard water is repurposed or let's put it this way is used in a euphemistic sense as limestone rich water. And you can literally buy what's called whiskey water, which is just hard water that you're supposed to use with your whiskey. Oh yeah. And they'll charge you like three or $4 a bottle for that. You can buy it on Amazon right now for oh,
1: ridiculous shit, amounts oh, shit.
0: of water. Again, Limestone rich water. That's hard water. This isn't like spring water or anything like that. It's just literally hard water that they have marketed as being for whiskey.
2: So, well Jesus Christ drank- uh, Timmy <laughs> uh, most of the water here in Hawaii, the tap water, can be classified as mineral water. Oh, because of go. all of the
4: right, I mean, know, because, of, here,
2: because of all of the silica, magnesium, and calcium dissolved in the water. It can literally be called mineral water. So to be honest with yeah. you, I kind of shake my head at all of these people I see buying bottled water here in Hawaii when what they have coming out of the water fountains and, and the taps is usually a lot better than what's in the bottles right. for seriously.
3: I was going to ask who, who here, who here among the panel has ever bought a bottle of Fiji water?
1: Oh go. Sure
4: just just me and demand why would you buy that
5: i don't know but i was in, I I was in hawaii and it was cheap
4: oh. i mean yeah in it's, hawaii i guess yeah. it makes a little more sense sort
3: of i mean you there, there have you have you seen the bottles of fiji water at the gas stations or is that only a thing down here is it fuji maybe it's no fuji. no it's here
4: too is it fiji fiji water it is fiji. Yeah, it's yeah, fiji. It's it's the water. fiji water,
3: water yeah it's probably because it'll burn a hole in your in your pocket, but I could. I'm t- it tastes it tastes different. Hell
0: yeah! You can. I mean this is way off the subject, uh, if anything would be for the after show, but you can make, I think this is where Ray was headed too, is that you can make any mineral water you want. You can literally just Google the mineral content and then you can buy those, you know, whatever it is, magnesium salt or whatever you want, and then just literally add it to your water and it'll taste identical. So if you have a particular favorite water, you can look up on Google what the mineral content of it is and then buy those things. And you can make, you know, millions of gallons for, you know, the price of what you pay for a case of that water. So. Thing. I mean, you can have carbon <gasps> off water, Martin. I mean, you can, you know, <gasps> peptide-rich water. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're
4: talking oh, about, you know? Oh, I mean, my wife
0: this peptide thing. I'm sure other people's yeah. wives do here too, yeah. Peptide water, it's the new yeah. thing. We're just launching business concepts left and right here, sir. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like, this is a brainstorming session more than it is anything. Um, what, yeah, What's I mean, in January, your glass right now, by, is by the way?
0: Oh, actually, while you have the opportunity, this is a Thirsty Thursday engraved glass. And I am drinking a little, mm. uh, what am I drinking? Four Roses single barrel. Um, I can't Ooh, exactly say what it's nice. came from, but it's a barrel selection from a uh, local uh, vendor, let's say.
1: Nice. Uh, if Very I recall nice. This is, directly.
0: Glass. this is Sommelier approved. Uh, I, I'm sure you can at J Pink
3: and find out how to buy one yourself. If, if there's any left, I don't J-Pink, know. That, that was a limited run. Uh, Ray, was oh, that? <laughs> if I recall correctly, was that Four Roses single barrel that I was drinking in uh, in Louisville that night? That on the night, if you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yes, yes, that
3: was that was really those
2: Four Roses, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I actually sampled some too, and it was pretty good. It
3: was tasty. It was. It, I it was good. The Four Roses it was good single barrel. Or Roses at the it was good, and,
2: excellent. It's yeah. Relatively it, it's, affordable. Uh, because, honestly, that was, uh, I told you, Matt, uh, if I'm in Louisville and Tennessee, I'm not going to leave uh, without sampling some of the local products.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we did.
2: We sure as hell did. <laughs> Matt, uh, there are yes. five whiskey glasses left.
3: I just left. oh, there we go, there we go. On the limited mm. release, we have five engraved Thirsty Thursday uh, whiskey glasses left uh, for a limited time. Uh, you can head over to the Sommelier TV approved for slash shop, and it is Sommelier approved. And uh, and there we go. Um so talk to me about I want to know uh give me the early success stories with the uh with the bluegrass where you felt like I got this everything is going good in the world my wife approves of everything I'm doing um <laughs> tell me about those days
4: Um I mean I don't know that was probably it started in May and
0: um, we can actually this is the opposite of what you wanted to, uh, or what you just asked about but I made a crucial mistake only on part of the lawn at the end of July um, we can get back to that in a second but that was really my only mistake of the year and it was a pretty brutal one but um other than that, it recovered by September. What I do each September is I um, essentially use one of those kind of Susie Homemaker hand aerator things and I just bounce around the yard and whenever I hit a rock, I take one of those uh, aeration uh, things that you put um, when you're marking sprinklers and I throw that in the ground and then come back, dig the rock up and try and put the turf back as best I can. I end up ripping up the turf, um, which is one reason I like bluegrass because it'll obviously fill in for me without overseeding. But um, yeah, I mean, by September after that process the lawn was singing it was singing from probably May until mid-July and that's when the heat really hits here in Maryland and um to be honest I, I don't know that um as a homeowner on native soil that i could do a lot better than i'm doing i'm sure somebody could again i'm sure ryan Noir, somebody he's doing rye grass when it's you know 6,000 degrees outside his house and whatnot but at least for me um and also to be clear the summer is the worst time of the year for me in terms of having time to spend on the lawn it's the busiest time of the year at work as uh one might expect so yeah i mean uh, is, if i get through july and, and into august and make it through that uh kind of you know i don't know what you want to call it uh old fashioned aeration kind of thing, pulling out rocks. Um, I'm generally, you know, doing well by the middle of September. And most of the pictures that he just had on the screen were from late September or October, November and whatnot. So, uh, that's generally when things are at their best. Um, yeah, I don't know when, again, some of these are particularly from, but give or take that time.
3: Well, tell me, tell me about the, the experience, the July where, where. Sure. How
0: catastrophic. Yeah, so I did not use a pre-emergent, whether you should or should not with ProVista. We can get into that, actually, if you'd like. I'm sure RD might have some thoughts there, but um, I did not um, for a couple of reasons. One is that I've always tried to maximize root growth um, at, at the cost of anything else, just so that I can make it through the summer with bluegrass. Um, two, I was just busy with this whole energy drink nonsense uh, that uh, was part <laughs> of it. And three, I just was indecisive about it. And so anyway, I didn't do that. I had some crabgrass come up and probably in the third week of July, um, we had a dip in temperature for two days down into the 70s. And I thought it would be smart to spray a full rate of meso with some, uh, iron and a, uh, uh, MSO. I'm um, sorry. I said, uh, I meant to say quinclorac. So I did a full rate of quinclorac with MSO and iron in July. And I just didn't, like when I think about it now, it was like the stupidest thing I've ever done. Cause I'm usually pretty good about thinking of things big picture, but obviously I didn't. And, um, the grass was super stressed and it just literally all turned to like, it looked like, like the, popeye spinach or something like that you know um it just turned spinach brown green and just looked terrible i don't think <laughs> i sent they a picture i probably should have again i have no uh, <laughs> i don't claim to be the greatest or anything like that i'm happy to show ugly pictures but i don't think there is one here so anyway um yeah it looked really really And uh, I only did uh, part of the front with it where the crabgrass had really come in. The back gets enough shade, honestly, that I had almost no crabgrass um, coming in without pre-emergent. But the front got some. And again, I was basically just hand-pulling it or uh, painting it with glyphosate. Um, I didn't do a full glyphosate spray at all um, until the fall, actually. But um, I was kind of spraying here and there and yeah, and I did that, uh, when thing, which was a really, really stupid idea. So again, everything came back. I mean, it's grass, you know, it always comes back, but uh, it looked really bad for almost a month. Um, the whole of, uh, end of July into the end of August, cause we were at 95 degrees all the way through, um, uh, the end of August here in the summer, at least. Yeah,
3: that's brutal. That's a brutal time of year. And, uh, and, you know, adding MSO to anything <clears throat> that time of year, especially on cool season grass is always going yeah. to be uh color changing at the yeah. least. Uh, <laughs> I think what like I was that. thinking
0: was I was like, Oh, it's below 85 degrees. So I'm good to go. And obviously again, like you don't Whoa. need to know that much. It mean, was a really stupid decision. Like I, like it, you just got to think about the life and context. And I'm always, again, I'm really good about that, but, uh, I definitely wasn't in that decision. It was one of those spur of the moment decisions that after I did, I was like, Oh, this was a bad idea. Sure enough, it was a really, really bad idea. But again, it was only part of the lawn and it came back. Everything's fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, to speak to your earlier question though, Matt, uh, my, my strategy is not particularly complex. It's a lot of fungicide, a lot of fungicide and a lot of water. And, um, again, I need to refine that. I guess going into 20, we can talk about that to to some going into 2022. I need to think about my fungicide apps versus uh, watering and not going too crazy with water and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's generally the name of my game is apps for, you know, soil apps for uh, an necrotic ring spot and for summer patch, and then foliar apps for dollar spot. And uh, keeping that up all the way through from, I mean, I'm starting, I think I do my first uh, uh, a summer patch app in May 6th, which frankly, I knew Kentucky bluegrass was probably not needed. But for me, summer patch, I had summer patch happen uh, maybe in 2019 or 2020, and it was brutal. And that was kind of my like wake up for, uh, you know, root diseases. And Ray and I have discussed endlessly, uh, you know, kind of take all and summer patch kind of similarities and things like that. So I go, you know, pretty aggressive on fungicides against summer patch, uh, just trying to keep it as bay as best I can. So I'm sure I'll get some at some point, but again, I'm pretty aggressive on it. So, well,
3: we'll start, we'll start diving into the specifics of your lawn and your pro programmatic approach here, but real quick, what does it look <clears throat> like when you apply glyphosate to your glyphosate resistant Kentucky bluegrass?
4: Um, Nothing. I mean,
0: it, it, it's in that sense, it um, again, I, I don't, I want to be as honest as I can about provista. There's, you saw the seed heads, how ridiculous that is. I talked about the um, renovation process and how difficult that was, but the glyphosate tolerance is real. I mean, there's nothing really to say about it. Uh, you know, what you spray, that's not, you know, uh, uh, provista dies, and the provista, you know, hangs, hangs right through it. There was actually a point where I just, as a matter of uh, I, I ended up um, spreading some seed into a garden bed by accident during the renovation. And I had some ProVesta there and I'd literally just painted it like you would, you know, with just, you know, a crazy amount of glyphosate and it turned brown and it started struggling. But I think it was about a month later, it was back and just fine. You know And I mean? I was going some ridiculous rate. <laughs> I can only imagine what my pounds AI per, uh, uh, acre would have been on that. So, I mean, again, it, it is truly glyphosate tolerant. Um, I'm sure you could overdo it at some point. I don't know what that point would be. Um, one thing yeah, I will curious. say, if you want, go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say in a, have you used it in a spot spray application? And if you do, do you notice any growth retardation as a result of it? I'm just curious.
0: Um, a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> as I'm sure, you know, you well know. and. um much of the audience may or may not know glyphosate was originally uh, you know, a, a PGR to a certain extent. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it definitely does that. But again, I, I don't have that much. And a lot of times I just hand pull. Again, when, I think when you have a small lawn as I do, I'm not out there. Frankly, setting up the sprayer and cleaning it is more time consuming than just walking around and pulling stuff. So um, again, what I do sometimes is I'll paint and that'll sometimes knock back some of the uh, um, Pro Vista. Um, it'll definitely brown it out a little bit if I'm hand painting. But most of the time, again, especially with crabgrass in the front and, uh, I don't know, even poa annual, a lot of times I just pop it out of the ground. So, um, this year, uh, with, uh, some advice from Mr. Demay here, I did spray a full app. It was a little bit late, um, partly just due to rain, but I did a full glyphosate spray in November. Um, I want to say around the 14th or 15th, actually I put some ammonium sulfide in it and Maryland has a fertilizer ban after the 15th. So it was definitely before then. Um, We'll have to see um, how how that affects POA annua um, next spring.
1: But uh, in terms of
0: uh, growth, slow down, I'm not not doing it enough that I can really, you know, Mm -hmm. that it really matters. Let's put it that way.
3: Sure. Uh, Demay, while you stepped out, we talked um, about a pain point of spraying um, a full rate of uh, MSO and drive. In uh, iron during the peak summer, and it Ooh, definitely caused some discoloration. Cool. But we saw some recovery. But it seems like the rest of the time it goes it goes well. And then um, yeah, I mean, that just, that whole thing was, was burned because he skipped a pre-emergent that year with the intent of improving uh, 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 root quality, moving into
5: uh, periods of
3: biotic and abiotic stress. Right. So for, mm-hmm. let me I mean, ask.
5: It's you, definitely go ahead go ahead
3: i was going to say it, it, let me ask you this mate has has a, a sticking to a post only program uh, been approach you've ever tried uh playing around with provista
5: not specifically okay so a couple of things um let's talk about provista cuz that's sort of the star, star of the show tonight so with provista i would absolutely be on board with skipping a pre and that has a lot to do with not just the glyphosate tolerance right but and i'll basically because of the root system, so the root system on Provista is much uh much more dense but also much more shallow, so you have a lot of root mass, you don't have a lot of root depth, and when you get into certain situations, and we have not I don't think we've talked yet about irrigating this stuff, but you really can't let this go too long without irrigating it because of that reason, right? Because you have this really, you know, this short-ish fibrous root system uh, that's a little bit different than a typical Kentucky bluegrass. So anything I can do to save those roots, yeah, I'd be all on board with that. The thing I don't know about uh, ProVista, because you know, quite frankly, I haven't had uh, a ton of experience with it, but enough to play around with it. I don't know a whole lot about its tolerance to herbicide so i'm i'm wondering if that you know that drive mso if that was just a reaction to the mso and the temperature at the time of application i, I don't know that's what i'd be uh, interested in So to about. rehash Go the ahead.
0: story quickly ryan it was again it was a stupid decision but it was during a temperature dip down into the 70s but the, the grass was just super stressed from heat, so um, was the long and short of that. So it wasn't the temp at application. It was just the a matter of applying a full rate of Quinclorac with uh, MSO during a time of stress, which was stupid. Um, in terms of other herbicides, I don't know. I've used Speedzone on it once to get rid of uh, some clover and stuff like that. I used... Uh, I don't know, triclopier to get rid of. Uh, hairy bittercress is a huge thing in this area. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I've never seen more hairy bittercress than this exact house that I live in now. Um, um, maybe I'm just more aware of it, I don't know. Actually, this is, you want to hear a funny story. Uh, this is uh, somewhere on the lawn forum is documented. I got so much hairy bittercress in the renovation and I hadn't put down any herbicides. That I literally picked it all and made an herb butter out of it for a steak no joke and it was delicious actually it was really <laughs> it was really, it was really Harry bittercress is actually pretty tasty i had no idea until i ate it but it has for those who don't know it has a watercress like uh i think it worked really well but anyway um i haven't used to answer your question Ryan, i haven't used that many herbicides again i like i said i hand pull a lot and i uh, i don't know i mean the grass is dense i don't have a ton of issues with it so um clover um I don't know. I can't really think of too much, to be honest. When I did that spray this fall, too, I mean, I don't have any hairy bittercress in the lawn. I don't have any weeds at all in the lawn right now. One thing we I can talk really about, look. and shit, I would say I had included a picture, is what this stuff looks like in the fall, though. I mean, when in the, sorry, in the winter when it's dormant, it looks like Bermuda. I mean, it looks really, really, really. Um that was one thing I think you might notice, Matt. <laughs> I know Ryan and uh Ray do that I, I painted the entire front. So uh um <laughs> it looks better there. That's one reason I don't have a picture of it, is that uh most of it's painted in the backyard I didn't take a picture, but the backyard looks like dormant review. Um for
4: those who want to see, uh,
0: I think I have a picture somewhere that I can find. Um also Ryan DeMay posted somewhere a picture of a sod farm. Um the stuff yeah. does not look like in the winter it looks dead i mean my wife literally sometimes is like is the lawn coming back
4: yeah don't worry it's cool you know it looks dead so it looks really 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 bad
5: Um, that
3: is interesting
5: yeah yeah i'm gonna find when does that start
3: like what is the what is the, the the temperature catalyst or is it a snow event what what escalates that dormant period? Low
0: freezing for multiple nights. I mean, again, just to be clear for everyone watching this, uh, I'm speaking only to my own experience here. Uh, I am not a Pro Vista expert. I have no connections to Scots anymore, so I can't speak to anybody but myself. But for me, um, first year, I had almost no issues in the backyard. The front where there's a lot of wind, uh, which I'm convinced is impactful there, um, yeah. it was yeah probably in mid-December. Um, this year, it was late November, so... Um, I'm not sure if the backyard where I splurried a little heavier with glypho, it looks a little worse. I'm not sure if that's related or not, to be 100% honest with you. But uh, the front, it's hard to tell exactly how it looks too, because again, it's painted. But uh, the spots uh, where I didn't paint as well are a bit greener than the back. But um, yeah, it looks rough. Uh, the, that's one thing to think about for people. I saw there were people in the chat who were trying to figure out, you know, talking about it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So that, that's what it looks like.
5: Ooh. Mm, that's yeah, it looks dead. And end of March in Ohio, Central Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, give us a close wow. up here, Jay Pink.
4: Yeah, it's not good. <sighs> it's not good. It looks bad.
5: So this yep. this exactly. is what it looks like close up. So Ray, yep. very much like dormant Bermuda, where you've got to very go out much. there and kind of scalp it and yep. open up Sculpt that the canopy. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. It, this yeah. is very much. This is one of those grasses, Timmy, where almost like what. Some of the really high-end bent grasses are like on putting greens, like where you yep. at different times. I mean, it's not like a lawn grass; like you have to play around to make this. Yeah, work it looks like some of the look, the course right.
4: where I work. Actually,
2: you know, there you go. here's an alternate. Here's an alternate thought. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this previously, but Ryan, yes, sir. What would happen if? Vista was kept at say three quarter or one inch.
5: So, I let me see if I can find that picture. They have a plot at the headquarters there in Marysville, Ohio, that they keep at one inch or a shade under. It looks pretty darn mm-hmm. good. And you the know, when I saw I ask, it, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: The reason why I ask is because I know that when you keep it lower you kind of mitigate a lot of that brown and fluffy looking appearance. You, you know, you keep it short. And also here's another thought is that when, you know, when you keep it short, the sun is able to keep the soil warm.
5: Yep. You definitely get a a quicker greening effect. You know, like a golf course is always a good study in that because, you know, just take away sand-based greens for a second and the temperature inversions you get in that sand-based system versus the native soil. But just watching grass green up on a golf course, like it starts on your tee boxes and your fairways and it works its way out. So just by height of cut, you know, you can see it, um, you know, the ability for radiant heat to be drawn in by the soil and and warm things up and get things going a little bit quicker.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just... uh... And I I know we kind of talked about this a little bit on the Discord, but that is where, to me, in a lot of cases, mowing low starts to simplify your lawn care a little bit.
4: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. On several levels. Um,
2: On several levels, um, I mean, because for me, for example, High cut grass just starts to add complexity actually. Yeah, agreed.
4: I mean, yeah, there's no disagreement
0: there. I mean, my main issue, to be honest with you, with going super low, it just has to do with the equipment I have. I don't have a garage. Again, I'm living, as I think most people can see in these pictures, in a townhouse. Um, I have 3,000 square feet. I'm using a manual reel mower. Um, It Mm -hmm. goes from, you know, whatever this is. I think I I have it set at the one and a half to two and a half. You can basically go on one inch ranges. So I do the front. I, I think that's what my plan is next year is to do the front at one and a half and the back at two and a half. My issue with the back again is that there's it's partial shade just to be straight up with you and uh, I found when I brought that down really low that it really suffered there just wasn't enough leaf tissue for photosynthesis
2: not enough Um, so yeah you weren't getting enough sunlight yeah exactly
0: so but then I'm stuck with this mower situation where I need to um, again I literally have to take out my toolkit and take the mower apart if I was going to do you know below a the scots doesn't even go below an inch but if I was to go one inch there and then two and a half in the back so um honestly again i've had pretty good results with uh two and a half and i think two and a half and one and a half was going to work out well i mean i could buy another manual reel mower if i really wanted to to go below um i would probably need to sand cap the front to do that honestly um the other issue is that again uh we talked about this earlier i took down a 35 foot tree so i have a lot of soil movement um up in the front
2: um yeah, your, your ground is still shifting yeah yeah so for sure i mean that was kind of moving around
0: yeah, that was August uh, 15th of 2020 that that came down. So it's only been 16 months at most. So, um, I mean, I could still sand cap it, obviously, but I'd be, need to be continue. I mean, obviously, I need to continue sand capping, but I would probably be needing to do way more regular sand applications than otherwise. Um, and again, I don't know how long we're going to be at this we? house. So I'm sure this is disappointing people in the chat. But yeah, I just don't think that I'm... When, do, when do we start? What do you mean when do we start? we sand cap. caps. Oh, I don't know. Probably next spring, to yeah. be honest with you. I've thought about it, to be honest. So I, I don't think I'm going to do the back uh, just largely because it doesn't matter. That's where the dog runs around. It looks good. It doesn't look great. You know, the dog, there's always dog spots back there that I'm, you know, constantly, uh, you know, uh, replugging and whatnot. But um, the front, yeah, I'll probably sand cap in the spring. So um, again, do I want to go super low with it? I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I'd have to buy another
4: mower to really do that. So um, is that an expense worth having and, you know, take up space and shit? I don't know.
3: this is another thing I wanted to ask about is so I know that with summer patch there is some action that Kentucky bluegrass responds well to with uh manganese, right? And uh a, a soluble manganese source. I'm not talking about manganese oxide. I'm talking about uh like oh <laughs> <sighs>
1: Too bad. Too sad. But, why did I go? <laughs> um,
3: because the idea is to raise the tissue. You know, levels. you know. Uh, the idea is to raise tissue levels. Is is that is that correct? Or, um, talk to me yeah, about for summer manganese patch. sulfate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about manganese. Uh, soluble manganese sources for summer patch. Because I, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about this. I've read about it before. I've seen people do it um, and actually have success with it. Uh, um, does it work on it what's the, what's the premise behind it and does it work specifically on ProVista? And then Timmy, have you ever attempted to make applications of manganese sulfate in an effort to reduce summer patch severity?
0: So this is news to me, to be honest with you. I have not, I feel like I've read everything about summer patch I could read but I've not read this so I don't know that um at all. I'll leave that to RD. Um what I use for micronutrients is some product uh MFT or something like that. I'm not sure. I have right. no idea if that's any good or not but uh I'm that and I mean I'm joking obviously but that's my micronutrient source um you know an ounce of that per month uh, during the growing season. Um I don't think I've applied I've never applied magnesium sulfate as a standalone and I don't think um I've done anything else uh um, yeah, I mean again, my micronutrient thing is that I used a little bit of uh actually Ray and I had a conversation about this of uh what's that stuff? Microgreen that I had left over from I don't know, twenty eighteen or something this fall, which mm-hmm. obviously with that uh citric acid uh nonsense, um it, it made the grass very dark green. Some of those pictures that you see uh have the microgreen effect. But anyway, those are my only two um and I used that again just one time uh this season. Um every other app of uh micronutrients was MFT. So
3: and it's not sure. it, it, listen I don't want to make it sound like this is going to one hundred percent eliminate the requirement of a uh um uh a fungicide here, but there is there is some data, and looks like what I'm looking at here uh is roughly an ounce per thousand square feet of straight manganese sulfate um so the, uh, you know the, that we're talking about, about right.
5: so one times.
3: It's a, it's a two pounds so,
5: per acre. 60, Uh two Yeah, I mean the lower... Acre. so, or you can go. I mean I've seen manganese efficient soils though where they're going. Uh, I've gone as high as like five six. Oh pounds shit! Per acre.
2: Okay, okay, okay. So and like monthly. I, I've used,
5: that's on that's on deficient, used as, deficient soil. You no,
2: know, I've used as much high spray as volume. Four ounces per thousand square foot manganese sulfate. Per application and that is again as a mitigating measure for the various patch diseases i've done it too and conversely uh ryan yeah we i I don't know if we talked about this before but observationally in the days or the decades before when I used to use Mancozeb on turf, here's the effect. Mm-hmm. Once I've made so many applications of that Mancozeb in a year, disease season was over. And in in, in following years, disease season didn't even come. Really? Because when you're applying eight ounces per thousand square foot mancozeb wettable powder for every month. Isn't that like a ton of manganese being applied?
3: Uh, It is. Yeah.
2: Isn't that like a ton, like a, like a shit ton of manganese where if I could equate that to say the equivalent of maybe two to four ounces of manganese sulfate per thousand square foot, because, and also, the other effect that I'd see from that is the grass would always turn way greener, way thicker, and that's independent of that blue-green pigment that they formulated for WP with. Okay?
3: uh. For anybody that's ever uh, sprayed um, uh, liquid versions of Mancozeb, uh has turned grass a uh, almost an ashy color before. Uh,
5: it's it's
2: an well, ashy that, that, that's, green, like a,
5: gray, like a real grayish. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: well, that, that's because the 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 Mancozeb flowable looks like uh, I don't know, bad mustard. It's kind of that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it looks gross. Okay, it looks gross. We call but,
5: we call that we call that stadium mustard here, in the Midwest.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I may but have then, sprayed that out of a primer green. I don't know.
5: Oh, then. Matt, what are you doing to yourself?
3: What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you think I was doing? I was doing myself a favor.
1: <laughs>
5: that's like that's yeah. like not that's like not beating off for a month and then going on your honeymoon. I mean, good God.
1: <gasps> Dude,
3: you should have seen it. It was a sight to behold. Um, first off, the majority of the tank was mankazep, right? Because the uh, <laughs> your application yeah, rate is so high. Because it's like 12.8 12 12
5: yeah. ounces per thousand. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm only spraying
3: thirty two ounces per thousand, right? So we're talking about a twenty five percent or 33% use dilution thirty three percent used solution here. Yes. And, uh, and so it was viscous to say the least but uh very effective very very effective i wish Mankazeb oh, was, uh, was still labeled for lawns um mm-hmm. so th- there is uh, I, you um, know th- with patch diseases in general Mankazeb has shown some here i know over on the lawn form i think it was Pete 1313 was playing around with uh, acidifying his soil and uh, and applying some manganese sulfate to help with that um I don't know. I'd be curious if you feel comfortable trying it in an area. Um, sure. Uh, because yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me specifically with the response that uh, there there does seem to be a decent amount of data to specifically Kentucky Bluegrass. Now, the wild card in this whole thing is, you know, I don't know what happens with the whole gene manipulation process to produce ProVista. Um, you know, whenever you go down that rabbit hole, if there's one thing I've learned from uh 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 Sean Smith is that when you manipulate one pathway within the plant, there's you're oftentimes affecting many other pathways within the plant. And so um that would be another thing if it was public data would be to see, you know, what is altered through that through that gene mapping that takes place, right? But they ain't, they ain't telling <laughs> you.
5: Uh no, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll not, go ahead. Uh, I'll say this is just because a a gene is hybridized does not mean it's expressed. Right. And the iterations that they've gone through with the different generations of this grass have been such that the first generation, like, you know, they knew coming out, they just had to get it in the ground and try it out. And that one was incredibly disease prone. You know, the three sod farms in the country that grew it would tell you the same thing. Even the Scots folks would tell you the same thing. And they've, they've made it better. In that regard, but they would still tell you to run a traditional bluegrass uh, fungicide program for it because it's it, it it is not more disease resistant. You know the claim benefits are obviously the Roundup tolerance, right? Um, yes. You know they'll say that it'll it'll save you water. It's they don't say that really. Anymore, so they
0: back off that. They say it's like. Did they? I forget. they have a new term for it. You can go, people can go to their website if they want to see, but they're not saying that because they found that that's not true. I found as I think you have Ryan, that it actually needs a little bit more than other bluegrass cultivars. Again, that's not science. That's just personal experience. But, um, I found yeah, personally that it needs a little bit more, not a ton more, but a little bit more. Um, I don't think they're making that claim. The one they make is the reduced most, which I find to be true. Um, they say it's 50% less. I found about 40% less, which, um, that's cool. I mean, that's definitely good. Again, especially for me, that's one reason actually Matt asked me about this. That's one reason that I wanted this is that the summer is so busy for me, uh, with work that being able to back off a couple of and get in a few more fungicide apps is, um, it definitely, I definitely didn't spend any less time on the lawn, but I was able to make sure I didn't miss a single friggin' fungicide app this summer. So, um, that was one reason why. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those it's basically that and the glyphosate are the two things. I, I think the water thing is nonsense. So, um, uh, they say you can use less fertilizer. Um, I don't
4: know. I'm not sure why that would be true either way. So,
5: I think what they're saying there is that there's less biomass, and therefore you theoretically should be able to use less fertilizer. So, yeah. Uh, oh look, hey, look at that, Matt. Do you have 100% beauty rating on you? No. Um,
3: I'm I'm somewhere between zero and 10 percent.
5: Oh, I thought you were gonna say 105 to 110. Actually, it's yeah. 105 with your shirt on, 110 if you take it off. Hey, Sweet. if you get those nipples pierced, though, we're going to go to 112.5, I think.
3: I'm not 18 anymore, <laughs> am I?
5: Hey, I think you could still open those holes back up and make it make it work. All right. There's people that'll help you at the mall do that. All right. Just go see them, please. Um What's a mall? height, sir.
3: I did this thing when I was eighteen, <laughs> and I need you to put a barbell through it, please.
5: I'm picturing you at Claire's at the mall or that little like piercing piercing oh kiosk. Your your big six four gangly ass and some four eleven chick like reaching up with a piercing gun trying to like, is it lined up? Like some you're looking down, year old girl.
3: There's a there's a oh man, <laughs> yeah. I would go to jail so fast. Are you kidding me? It would be like what is this guy mm-hmm. you know it's full of like you go walk into claire's what's the average age in claire's like 12 you know and could you imagine <laughs> me going ugly. in there and ex- exposing <laughs> removing my shirt i mean i think if if i had the fortitude fortitude to even do that i would just walk in with my hands behind my back and be like just go ahead and arrest me now <laughs> but while you're arresting me use the gun thanks
0: is this what january and a turfgrass show uh, devolves into just by definition yes yes it is
2: yes yes
5: i mean and no. And you know uh, what we're just trying to fulfill and you know what doesn't fulfill Matt's new. Doesn't help. go ahead you
2: know what doesn't help uh we we got the librarian sitting here with us <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, I listen, I'm, I'm
5: I'm just trying, I'm just trying to help Matt fulfill his new year's resolution of having more holes in his body. And whether that be from a testosterone shot or some type of piercing or whatever, I, all I want for Matt is more orifices. That's all I'm saying. So back on topic here is
3: important, men go, go get your shit checked out. (laughs) Don't, don't be running around with, with, with. Crazy levels of of inadequate testosterone i'm telling you it affects your personal life. I know from experience I'll talk about it soon in more detail
5: yeah it'll it'll help your social agenda if you're into that so uh anyhow um, no, I think the big things that I see it doing well in a practical sense, right the mowing thing is for sure like and i've I've had a few people tell me that they've not seen that i had uh a sports field that's got it here about an hour outside of town that they are absolutely, uh, Ray throwing all caution to the wind and probably throwing like five, six pounds of N a year on this stuff and just sending it.
1: and it is, it is,
5: it is, it is growing, it is not mm-hmm. stopping. So, uh, that's that's runaway freight train stuff. And then, um, The other situation that it's done really well in is shade. So, Kentucky bluegrass in general, as a species, is not very tolerant of shade. Ray, what's the one thing you run into with Kentucky bluegrass and shade? That one disease makes it all white and makes it just a big, huge pain in the butt.
2: Oh, that is the powdery mildew. That is powdery mildew. And the reason why I'm familiar with powdery mildew is. I still remember the old uh, advertisements for that product called Tersan OM.
5: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. I still remember the ads. And basically what this stuff was, was came in a five pound bag and it contained two fungicides, Sirem and phenylmercuric acetate. Ooh. And its claim to fame is it was especially effective for snow mold, dollar spot, and pottery mildew on Kentucky bluegrass. That's why you'd be uh, soaking down the uh, the shady parts of the fairway with uh, terceno OM. And of course, this all went away by 1980 something. You can still get thyram, good old spot treat. It's still... a great, great,
5: great deer repellent for the folks at home out there. I'm not sure. I don't think it's labeled for anything on residential, but you can keep some it deer is, away with it that is, stuff.
2: It, it, because is actually it? the exempt, the exemption is, is that you can apply spot treat to a residential landscape to keep deer away. Personally, though, you mm-hmm. know what my preferred deer repellent is?
5: Shot Remington?
2: Remington. Yeah, it involves some cloves of garlic, some sprigs of rosemary, and some peppercorns, and some Ooh. bacon. And Maybe you and might you know make,
5: a, make a sauce
4: yeah, out I mean, of that. Now we're talking, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is delicious. Yeah. Slash and and you know That
2: That's yeah. called a bacon-wrapped venison roast. Your deer problem is solved. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, let's
5: see here. No. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what you apply to the lawn, and I was gonna say you know on the nose, smells like a lawn boy's jock strap, On the palate, tastes like flagship.
1: <laughs> Oxide.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, what's what what, what? what would Matt
5: Martin say? You, what would Matt Martin say right now? On that one,
0: the <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is again completely anecdotal, but I had a good experience with when I painted the front. The deer stopped coming around, so I have a major issue with deer in the fall. Kind of wander. Well, I was
5: going to say I saw those. I saw the I saw the woods, and I was curious. Like, do you have any raccoons digging for grubs and anything like that too, or no?
0: No, I don't have enough just organic matter. I mean, I just have leftover concrete junk and uh, you know sand and hard clay underneath that. Uh, that <laughs> I, honestly, I treat for grubs, but I don't even know if I need to, to be honest with you. Um, raccoons are not an issue. It's really in the late fall that the deer come around and they'll eat shrubs and stuff. I mean, you can see in some of those pictures, the shrubs look terrible because they've eaten them back and stuff. Uh, but I found once I painted that they stopped coming around. So, um I don't know when Do you- that is, but uh, yeah, you can see uh, here they've eaten some of those. Uh, those are summer sweets oh, wow, uh, yeah. up front, and they've eaten the heck out of those. So um, they oh, ate some of yeah. the uh, annuals and some of the other pictures, too. So I found once, there's no pictures here. I Just to be clear for everyone, there's no pictures of painted uh, turf here. I didn't include any of those, but uh, I found once I painted the turf, uh, they stopped coming. That could be coincidental, though. Again, I'd have to see next
3: season. I'm not going to lie. Could be. I want to set up a redneck, um, sorry, Nick, um, a redneck groundstand and bow hunt the deer encroaching on your property. Is that, is that legal (laughs) in your neighborhood? No, I mean, I couldn't fire a gun. I would go to prison for firing a gun. No, 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 bow hunt. I would, I would do it with a bow. Bow
2: Bow and arrow. arrow. How big a boy
3: are you? I'd spear a deer. I mean, I'm six, three. I'm not (laughs) as tall
0: as you are, but I'm pretty big. So, uh, I mean, I could definitely hold a bow
3: and arrow. I don't know. I can't imagine. Timmy, are you hearing this? We are going (laughs) to get whiskey drunk, stalk and spear a deer one morning. Here is the caveat, though, to really make this a sport. We have to start drinking the previous night and catch the deer the next morning.
1: That
0: (laughs) is the sport, sir. My only condition for this is I want carbon earth mineral water in the stand while we're
4: hunting.
0: And the other
5: high. reason, the other reason this is really important that you do it with that, that sequence and that schedule, Matt, right? Figure you start drinking eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Get the deer, get out in the deer stand six o'clock, you know, before sunrise, make sure you're there right at dawn. Yeah. Probably have that deer gutted and hanging in Timmy's garage by nine o'clock and then i'm pretty sure all the all the malls in the baltimore washington dc area open by 10 so you can get those nipples pierced right after a nice little date <laughs> and, and all those, we,
2: and we all, those
5: 12, a- all those 12 years all those 12 year olds are gonna be in school matt you can go in there and you can you can let them loose that sounds like uh, dude listen this is set up this and- is set up for one of the most awkward fucking vlogs of 2022 i guarantee you if we can make this happen this is Reddit Central that, right here.
2: And that's enough time for a venison dinner by about six or seven. Easy.
5: Red, er, Matt, we went on, we went on, we went on a, a Reddit wormhole. I want you to look at r slash interesting as fuck, and you would probably have like five posts in a 24-hour span. With, if, you do, if you make that all happen, that would be at the top. You'd be on the front page. I, listen. Reddit, Reddit all-star.
3: I don't. Have it in me anymore. I just I don't. One hundred percent open to stalking and killing a deer with a spear while whiskey drunk with Timmy. I think I think that's way more interesting in these days because that's I'm not 18 like anymore. anymore. I don't drink gin shots anymore. Listen, if I can pass. Sh- all right, Timmy, you're, you're a drink. You're a drink expert.
1: In my gin opinion. Shots.
3: The primary liquor that you do not shoot under any circumstance is gin. Am I right or wrong?
4: Um,
0: I mean, as a man of science, Matt Martin, I would say you're wrong in the sense that ethanol is ethanol. So the way that Alcohol affects you differently. Is a lot of times what you're mixing it with. You know, things that have CO2 can enter your bloodstream sooner. No, Depends I on can. Weight. I can drink.
3: I can food, drink gin drinks the whole, all night whole long. Whole
0: thing of if I have Jack Daniels, like I'm gonna die. But I can drink. You know, tequila with no problem.
3: Like, no, 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 no. Most
0: no. of that is just literally in people's heads.
3: Oh, I can. I can drink gin and tonics, mar- gin martinis you name it all night long. No problem. There is something particular about shooting gin. It is just not a pleasant experience.
1: And I'm not not not, saying
3: sipping gin. I'm talking about you pour an ounce and a half or a twofer and you throw back a shot of gin. It is a horrific experience.
0: I mean, one, so I've been in this business since I was 14 years old. As I said, this is the very first time I've ever heard of, anyone shooting gin so very first <laughs> you are breaking new ground in uh you special know, uh, and uh shooting gin so that's point one. Point two, i would ask if you i mean you'd have to do this as some sort of scientific experiment where you shoot an equal amount of gin one night and an equal amount of i don't know tequila the uh, next week or something would it affect you differently i mean if the ethanol is the same the ethanol is the same so it's, again it's, it might
3: depend on what overwhelming... you, and, you know floral, herby notes of the gin. It just, it burns different. It's not a pleasurable experience. Um, it's the same kind of drunk. It's just, it's disgusting. It it's just it sounds gross. like
0: faith-based, uh, faith-based alcohol consumption here is what this sounds like to me, Matt.
3: It is. It, it is. But if anybody <laughs> gets wild hair up their ass and is is touring the cheap section of the liquor store and sees a handle of Barton's gin, don't buy it with the intention <laughs> of shooting it. I'm just telling you.
1: Yeah.
5: These We're are the life tips anymore. that people come here for. We don't do
3: that anymore. Yes. Right? Right? Correct. I mean, low quality liquor is going
0: to have more esters, which, at least in a certain sense, according to some research, might cause you more hangovers. Here's an interesting bit of tidbit, an interesting bit of uh, thing. You guys obviously focus on academic research. There's actually not a lot of academic research done into hangovers, largely because nobody wants to fund it. Uh, People are concerned that funding research into hangovers is encouraging problem drinking. So most academic institutions won't do it. Um, You'll see you know very little actual research done um it really wasn't until a couple years ago we even exactly knew what a hangover was and the idea of curing hangovers is again like kind of left to the faith-based people if you will you know Um, there's clearly something to do with uh um, liquid and dehydration and things like that but the exact mechanism and what you need to do to fix it is not scientifically known right now no matter what anybody says um and again that's largely because there's no research into it because nobody wants to fund said research so
1: uh, I think you should just
0: put research... green green
5: paint. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I no, was going to no, say just no. put I... some green paint on your on your digestive tract. I think should cure all hangovers. Links in the description. I mean, below. It cures everything else, though. It does.
2: Um, it makes shit look I better. Mean, well, uh, I, I I know the actual I know the actual cure for a hangover, but we go. It involves An this, ancient cure. Hawaiian cure. No, this is scientific ancient Chinese secrets. Is it bear extract? Nope. No bullshit. I'd do that. I would
4: do that. Eric yeah, Stairs. Yeah, me too.
2: banana bag. A banana bag with some either Zofran or Finnegan in it. <laughs>
1: okay. I don't Ray know has what a banana bag around. is, but
3: I I'm not sure. I want to know what a, what a banana bag is. I okay. know what a banana boat okay. is. Because of that no, scene a banana with ba- Denzel Washington. What about no, a banana, banana bag?
2: bag? No, a banana Don't bag is
1: an IV of glucose, B vitamins, and vitamin C. Tony knows what it is. Okay, I I, okay. I, so, I get down on that. I've VV okay, up and.
2: And and what that'll and what that'll do and and even Aaron knows what that is too. <laughs> it's it's called a banana bag, and they most frequently give that actually to people that go into the ER that are actually intoxicated because they want to prevent the problems caused by a B vitamin deficiency.
4: Um I'm Fair a so there's actually fan a
3: I was just gonna say I like the Ween song "Bananas and Blow," uh, but I guess that's mm-hmm. not the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. What are you gonna say, Timmy? There's actually
0: a business in Las Vegas that um, it basically is a bus that's equipped with uh you know. Medical, oh, it's in Tennessee. Uh, We've got one here too, with the saline solution, and yeah, yeah, where they yeah, come, I mean, come in and IV you works. up. Yeah, yeah IV you up in the morning. Yeah, so I don't. We got, know. One, I mean, in again, Hawaii, we got one in Hawaii too. We got one in Hawaii too. Where they
2: they show up in a van and they. And yeah. and they and they and they stick you. These
3: are not yeah, you the Chinese execution like bands, by the way. Assistant, you know, no. You with steel no,
5: no. And, uh... Do they have a YouTube channel though? That's what we really need to know. So there was.
3: <laughs> uh, I, I sent Sean I
5: Smith. Down a,
3: a so Sean wormhole. is
0: researching the genetic code for Provista as we speak. I don't know if you've been following the chat, but he's halfway to creating his own ProVista. So
3: <laughs> yes. And it turns out <laughs> yeah, the gene work. and pathway related to uh, the glyphosate resistance is the CP4 EPSP synthase. Um, so just just so everybody knows out there, we've we've got a a a scientist working on this. My question, Sean, is that. When you manipulate that pathway, um, what side effects occur to the, to the other pathways around it? Uh, is, are you increasing susceptibility to other things as a result of manipulating that pathway? Um, I'll send you down that wormhole next. <laughs> what is it like? I'm, listen, I'm going to dote for a second here. I am oh boy. absolutely amazed at the quality of people that watch this or listen to this. If I have a question about how to impress my wife with a bottle of wine, a dinner, a recipe, impress a business partner, a business deal, I can reach out to Timmy Bluegrass. If I want to know genetic code, I can reach out to Sean Smith. If I need legal advice, I've got Jesse Bousquet. If I need electrical (laughs) advice, we've got a host of electricians. If I need, if I want to make sure I'm up to fire code, Kenny Cooper's gonna help me out. If I need a ride in a helicopter, Kelly Coleman's there. If I need a ride in an airplane, Ryan Nohr's there. I mean, it's the damnedest thing. I'm just so proud of everybody in the chat right now and everything you bring to the table. All the IT guys that if you wanted to start an IT business, I tell you what, there's a million and one of them. In the in the community and in the Discord, and they're all incredibly smart, have crazy high IQs. I mean, I'm just I'm just so impressed by everybody. That's
1: all. I just want to say that. I'm Doting on them, I love all y'all. I mean that. <laughs> I'm not laughing.
5: I'm dead serious. We love you too.
4: We love you too. We love you too. Yeah, we are worm. I don't, I don't you know
5: now. if you, I, this is this is this is coming from a place of deep deep love.
4: And we can tell. It's amazing. It's amazing
3: to me. I'm just flabbergast, flabbergasted. Okay. And all I can do is make fucking turkey noises, right? What does Matt bring to the table? Uh, turkey noises. Good for you, Matt. That's not true, Matt. You saved us
0: all from, uh, at least me and a lot of the other people in this chat from. Uh, I mean, I never fell too deep into it because, again, I found you at the early time, but uh, some of these guys, uh, you know, into
4: the. The trap of the BMS crowd. Let's, uh, let's leave it there
5: mm-hmm. for now, for now. <sighs>
4: um, no, seriously.
0: I mean, like <laughs> I, I was following some of those guys when I first got into it, I found you, I was like, Oh, this guy's like serious about science. I'm serious about science. Like I still watch some of The other guys I'm, you know, I
4: still bought some stupid shit, but not very much of it. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I learned pretty quickly from you, uh, well thank I mean, you. It made, it made a big impact. It made a really, really big impact, honestly.
3: I'm I apologize in advance. Um or after the fact. Um my so can we we haven't talked a whole lot about your lawn and what's on the upcoming season, but as we wind this down, let's go ahead and do that. Um sure. let's take a look at your uh soil test that you're working with right now, because I did this prior to the show. And uh super, super simple shit here um you know i'd run a nitrogen program (laughs) and a little bit of (laughs) potassium you know here and there so good good soil test all right we've established that um i guess what are you thinking for next year yeah what are you thinking for next year i mean nothing
4: fancy
0: honestly um i mean just the same Uh, let me put it this way nothing different um i use mostly synthetic furt i'll do a an organic app um, in late August and in late May um, one thing I've done some research on on my own um, is microbial activity related to organic furts that that's a complex subject and probably more than we can get into today, but I still mess around a little bit here and there um, with that kind of stuff but um yeah I mean mainly just urea and you know i don't know late spring uh um, I don't do a ton of spring fertilization in general here. Um, Again, uh, that's something I have learned from Ray very well is I'm obviously trying to keep root mass growing as much as I can and just giving it a little gas here and there. Um, Potassium, yeah, I'll do some foliar potassium apps, frankly, from your products, Matt. uh, um, Depscythe is my main thing that I use. Uh, Just throwing in ounces, a couple ounces here, a couple ounces there with fungicide apps um, just for K and a little bit of N during the heat. I mean, again, I use, uh, I don't use anything, uh, off label. I use, um, for fungicides, Azoxy, Propiconazole, Cleary's, Exemplar. That's essentially it. Um, a couple other things here and there if I need to. Um, but that generally covers me pretty much all the way around and gives me plenty of apps, both for soil and for foliar apps. Um, I think we talked about cutting heights. Um, irrigation again, is just one of those things where I try and feel it out as best I can, um, Again, I have years of experience doing this, but nothing like what you guys have. And obviously, with ProVista, I'm still only one season in, so figuring out when I need to water and when I don't. Am I going to do ice next year? Honestly, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's fun. It makes for good conversation. Uh, This is probably the best, uh, you know, uh, material I can provide you here, other than uh, energy drink nonsense. But uh, on the other hand, this was like I said, it was a ton of work. I'm exhausted at the end of the night. I don't know that I saw a ton of difference with it. Could I just go out and you know do some spot watering instead and have maybe not equal results, but Um, let's put it this way. I was doing all that ice and those areas looked pretty good, but not great. One of the biggest issues, and we talked about this and there were some pictures was the rocks. And so the areas that were doing the roughest and I was putting the most ice on were places where I had rocks underneath. So I just dug all those out. I, again, every year I think like, oh, I've got them all like, or I've got the majority or I've turned the corner on them. And then I never have. So, um, there's just so much garbage in the soil and that obviously prevents root growth when they're up towards the top. But, um. I don't know. I got a lot out this year. So hopefully, and especially I really focused on the places I took pictures and documented exactly where the places where the looked the roughest during the height of the summer and dug down in those areas. And almost every single one had some kind of rock underneath. So I pulled all those out. Um, I don't know. I've. uh, I mean, I think it's probably something I learned from Demay or something. Maybe I learned at the golf course was I've been using uh, turf face. um, You know, whenever I aerate in the fall and whenever I'm digging crap out, I'm constantly dropping turf face in at like a five to one ratio with uh, soil. Ooh,
5: look at this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh.
1: That's really about it. I don't know. I mean,
0: I can look at my plan here. I mean, I have. You know, again, I use MFT. I use. um, uh, Actually, you know what I use? Again, I'm not pushing your stuff or anything, but I used prefix. Um, and I found, I did a sort of trial again, as much as you can do on a home thing where I did it on half of the front and, uh, and, or half of one section of the front and not on the other. And again, as best I could tell, I had more sizable root mass in those places. Um, even though I didn't use a pre-emergence, I was just using it just, uh, you know, for shits and giggles and for, again, trying to build root mass in Kentucky bluegrass. Um, so I'll probably do that again. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's nothing real fancy here. So,
4: nothing real fancy.
3: Well, I mean, it does you, you don't really have anything just wildly complex, right? And no. when you're when you're talking about Kentucky bluegrass in a difficult to control area, really, what it comes down to is uh, nitrogen management. It sounds like you got that under control. You're using some variations of some slow release, feeding it when you need gas, backing off when you don't, and uh, and then your fungicide game. And that is really when you're growing in adverse conditions is what you've got to keep the closest, you know, eye of detail on. So if you've got that part figured out, then it's, you know, rock and roll time. And it's just, you know, how, how bizarre do you want to make things? How overly complicated do you want to make things? Do you want to do new dumb shit or do you want to, you know, stick to the game plan that seems to be executing well? And I, you know, I, if you've hit yeah, I mean, largely stick to it, stasis, um, stay with it.
0: I mean, I've had pretty good results with I had or sorry, I had a good result this fall for my first time painting. I've thought about messing around with pigment next year. Um I don't know. Is that worth it? Should I be doing that? Oh hey, look, Mr. Princess Cut Lawn Care is in the chat. Hi, Princess. How are you, shout sir? Out. Shout what's out up, to Princess dude? in the
3: chat.
5: George. Shout out
4: to
3: Yeah, I do some chat some shout George, out are you are you buried under snow right now? Uh, because we had a sizable snow today. Um, we got a full inch here, and uh, school's closed tomorrow. He's got got a good level rake, though. He can get that soil or excuse me, get that (laughs) snow all
0: leveled out and whatnot. I'll have it looking (laughs) bright. Not that crappy Ryan Noor level rake. That stuff's garbage. Friggin' Ryan Noor. (laughs) All
1: right, they anyway, in all seriousness,
0: Matt, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna do it. I, I, I doubt I'll do pigments. Um, Maybe again, it's it's an idea that's been in my head. um, um
5: If there's one I thing, want to, I want to. Uh, this is what I, I, I want would, to hear. I don't want to. I don't want to hear right. New Year's resolution. I want to hear your one fafo thing. Your one fuck around and find out thing that you want to do this year. You had to pick one.
0: I mean, again, it would be pigment. I think that's the only thing I can think of. um Why pigment, like and not Cimitas? paint? Like, what's
5: like? What are you thinking for well, pigment? Yeah, you
0: tell me, RD. But my understanding is pigment's for growing grass, where paint's for dormant. Correct.
5: Eh, basically i mean you can paint Tr- yeah. trust me listen if you watch football on television you are yeah. seeing painted live grass so no like, yeah I will the, only, the, only, the only the only bad the only bad part is that it's way more expensive to paint and it grows out of it so that's the only bad thing uh i you know the pigment thing i think could work the only thing i would worry about would be your dogs because you were going to transfer a hell of a lot more pigment so if it's only on the front and the dogs go on the back. Yeah, it's
0: only on the front. No big thing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think I should be fine. I, honestly, again, the back during the summer, um, I forget when that one picture was from, but it looks pretty good all summer long. Honestly, it looks a lot better than the front because of the shade. So um, what happens during the late fall is that it'll start to thin out a little bit just because, again, it's uh, the arc of the sun, uh, you know, especially this area up here. You might even be able to see some... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to see, but some of these places where the leaves have fallen in are actually thinned out spots um, just from lack of sunlight because the house is um, where the picture is taken, if you will. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I would never paint back there. I haven't painted at all uh, in terms of that. I would not use pigment back there. That's the dog's area. Again, it looks pretty good in that picture, but a lot of times there's, uh, I don't think there's any urine spots uh, in that picture, but there might as well be in some other ones. So. um it's just, I just don't worry about the backyard as much. Let's put it that way. It is what it is. and uh, Yeah, I definitely don't want if- the The dog has a uh, white paws. So him coming in green, I'm sure would just send my wife
1: uh, oh. <laughs> <through> <laughs> into way. orbit. Yeah. What's
0: his hey, name? Long, long warrior's wife. Yeah, it would yeah, be one of
4: those kind of situations. So yeah.
2: Um it's just not <laughs> worth it either.
0: Again, the other thing is that like I said, it's just it doesn't need it during the summer, um, where the front really starts to suffer with color. Um, because again, that's full sun. Um actually I guess the F around and find out thing would be um and it's See, something actually I, I knew I, we we well no, it's actually kinda well, it's, kind of, it's kind of the bourbon's, the bourbon's well,
5: kicking just, in. The bourbon's kicking oh, in. Oh yeah.
0: Um, no, um one thing that Ray said during a thirsty Thursday that really connected with me was he was talking about fungicides in areas where there's fences and not. And that just clicked in my head that where I have the biggest amount of fungus pressure is in the backyard where there's shade and it's completely fenced in, where in the front is actually super windy and um
5: no ear movement If
0: anything i might just treat for summer patch there and let the rest of it roll uh, unless i start to see something looking really funky so i might actually cut back on a lot of the foliar fungicide apps up front i just never really saw any issues there um i got a little bit of dollar spot really late like around halloween which was crazy uh sorry not dollar spot a gray leaf spot i mean to say not uh, not dollar we almost never see it that late but i had gray leaf spot around halloween um that was pretty rough, okay. but again, it cleared up very quickly with a 336 and a propiconazole app. Um, I mean, I'm talking about a matter of days, and that was also when temperatures were dipping. Um, so yeah, I might cut back in uh, terms of foliar apps in the front, but I don't know. That's about yeah, as close
4: as it gets, honestly. So,
2: You know what? I would probably encourage that one because, again, you know, looking at your situation and now that I've actually seen that. That wooden fence. You know that wooden fence is just giving me anxiety?
4: Yeah. It needs no, to be stained, yeah. is what it needs to be. And that looks like
0: no, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't
2: give I don't give a rat's ass about the fence. I mean yeah. matching some diesel takes care of the fence. But I'm talking about <laughs> the effect oh. that the that the fence has on the grass because yeah when I see a when I see a fenced in yard, uh then I look back and I'm like, okay, do I have Xteris on the truck, do I have lexicon on the <laughs> truck? do I have uh you know signature stress guard on the truck because and do I have the thirty three thirty six around because that is what I'm thinking when I see a fenced in yard, also your yard backs into the woods. Yep. And that gives me even more anxiety, because well, with
5: a the hill, there's no way. If, if, if I can ask Timmy, in this photo, which way are we looking? Which cardinal direction are we looking here? Uh, southwest. Ooh.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay, no, and that's why I'm anxious. That's the worst. yeah. Getting-
5: yeah, yeah I'm no, it's everything, everything prevailing is blocked. Like, everything prevailing is blocked. Yeah, no, completely. So... But
0: on the other hand, it's, again, I never had any issues here at all, just with, you know, Exemplar, Propiconazole, Isoxy, and uh, uh, Cleary's.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> <That's> you're... A... <laughs>
5: That's a good, I mean, again, I'm not
0: saying that's a little, I know Telly Coleman's probably going absolutely. And like, he's like, that's the most fungicide I've ever heard of. But, uh, for Kentucky bluegrass in the transition zone, let's put it this way. There's nothing, um, um, you know, I'm not going to say I've never used anything off label, but I didn't last season at all. And, uh, (laughs) Uh, I don't know that I'll have the need to. So
5: I'm just saying when it comes Uh, to um, fungicides and what you've got behind the bar, like there's no $2 well drinks in that lineup. All right, I'm just going to say that. No, but
0: that's what you got to understand too. Remember, uh, Ryan, that this is a 3,000 square foot lawn, so that backs. Oh yeah, no, no,
5: no, no. I, I get it, and and I think I. If I was you, trust me, I would do the same thing. I have, I don't have any qualms about having high high end stuff. Listen, Ray, yeah, you know this about Mm me. Everybody says, "Oh my God, you you suggested something that's a thousand dollars bottle." What's what was Matt saying last week? Man, I bought that thousand dollar bottle of of. Exonerate, exonerate, and yeah. y'all, y'all didn't clean up my poa, poa anua, mm-hmm. Matt. Listen mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. poa anua. <laughs> ears are pleading.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> but you know, listen, like that stuff is expensive because it works. There's not a lot. There's not in the fungus in the fungicide market. There is not a lot of expensive shit where I'm like, eh, I don't, I wouldn't spend the money. Like if it's expensive generally speaking there's a works. reason
2: there's a there's a reason for it yeah there's a there's a damn good reason for it because early on when lexicon first came out mm-hmm. everybody was hopping up and down about oh my god that 21 ounce costs for five hundred dollars an acre oh my, oh my god oh my god but then you know what shut Drop up in the bucket because no shut up because five hundred dollars uh, at the end of the day, only buys me about a hundred square feet of sod. Well,
5: you got Matt. You got Matt Martin over here, who's like, you know, Mrs. Jones Stroking. asked for. Can you can you tell me how much a fungicide program for my lawn would take? And Matt's like, I'm going to go full exemplar, full agency. <laughs> Matt, the left side of your <laughs> face is drooping. Actually, um, <laughs> sorry, they'll, <Stroking>. sorry, those. <laughs> uh
3: It's my Bell's palsy kicking in. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: get it from time to time.
2: But, but uh, the no, the yeah. funny part
5: is is like you, you yeah, you, the the exterus lexicon, all that stuff that like it, it's expensive. Don't get me wrong, but like if you look at it, and I, I think Timmy, we've talked about this before. You look at it the same way. Of yeah, you got a small lawn, but also like cost per day of control. And that's where the value is. Now, I understand in a lawn care program for Mrs. Jones, when you go out there and tell her, well, we're going to give you three acts, three apps of Lexicon, and we're going to do some triple three, six, and for your 5,000 square foot lawn, we're going to give that to you for the low, low price of $869. <laughs> so and a the, smile. I want to highlight
3: this real quick, is that you know when we talk about the differences between turf managers and lawn care, that is a gigantic difference right there that and it may not make Fun, sense to a lot of people. Right. But that oh, yeah. is, that is a major, major difference. I'm telling you right now oh. that if, if somebody, if I get a call from the general public and they ask me, do you spray lexicon? I'm going to laugh and probably <laughs> hang up because that's <laughs> not my ideal customer. Right. <laughs> All right I, were you, I think you were, you were, you, no, what you you were calling, not me. You've got the wrong number.
5: No, what you would say <laughs> is, well, ma'am, I can give you instead of giving you propiconazole at the two ounce rate, I can go with the three ounce rate. <laughs> <laughs> like Timmy says, listen, if you don't want to buy a, a gray glass. goose or or, or yeah, if you don't want to buy a gray goose or something in the middle of the road, like you know, I'll give you two shot. I'll, I'll give you a double, you know, a heavy pour of. uh some pop off or something you'd buy over at like, you know, Giant or something like that. You got to
3: go for yeah. man. Blue top or bust. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but yeah, that, hey, you're, you're completely right about that. Like, golf is at one stratosphere, sports turf is at another, and then lawn care is down here. And I don't mean to, I'm not ragging on lawn care. I'm just saying, like, disease management at those three levels is, wildly different even though we're growing the same crop right and generally trying to do the same things it's drastically different expectation wise budget wise and
1: yeah
4: but also matt how many clients do you
0: have come to you in your days and be like i'm growing a 100 percent kentucky bluegrass lawn you know
3: zero and i want to look pristine yeah, I mean, never, yeah, no, Kentucky. I mean, well, let
5: me let me, let me ask this. This is a good question for Matt. Like, it, it is on the lawn care side. What was the nicest lawn you ever treated? Where like you were not afraid to be like, this is the price, and I don't feel bad about telling you what the price is.
3: So there were there were definitely a couple of estates that I took care of. Um. It, um. Not so much in 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 Memphis. There was one that a guy actually had built a, uh, um,
5: a Graceland.
3: You, you, no, Battle you on Yep, where where you can ride on the inner tube and and do a float right like a <laughs> lazy uh, river. You know, yes, fucking lazy, lazy river. river There's a, there a
2: lazy
3: Wow, and it was all iron gated. He's my hero. Acres right, and uh, and you know that guy. I had no problem because he, you know, it was always whatever it takes. Um, uh. When I was in Augusta, Georgia, I took care of some really, really high end, uh, horse farms and there was no, there was no budgetary concern, especially related to, um, whatever weird needed to have happened because of, you know, they didn't want any risk of exposure to the horses or whatever the case may be like if they needed to move the horses to another farm for a month to be able to make an application of whatever that was totally okay. But these are the same people that also brought in rail cars of a very, very specific sand. And they had these huge water cannons that would keep the sand wet. So it didn't blow away with the wind. Um, just So yes, I've experienced things like that, but it's it's very far and few between, right? I mean, that is like, over, over you know ten years of of doing it, how many times did I come across it fifteen twenty properties twenty five properties maybe that were just like you know there's zero regard for cost whatsoever it's all about uh uh
5: quality the outcome yeah the outcome I get it I know that's what Ray does and that's I mean again i I think that's why and i'll let me let me riff here for a second. I think that's why. The majority of people, besides, I mean, your good looks, race, charm, and, you know, me being fat, drunk, and stupid, uh, is why people listen to us. But uh, the diversity, yeah, come on. The diversity in approaches, thoughts, mindset, all that kind of stuff, like the stuff that you cringe at, Ray and I are like, yeah, so. And then the stuff that, you know, you say, hey, I'm out there with a the, uh, Mankazeb, you know, running it out of a permagreen, Ray and I are like, god like you know
1: <laughs> just
5: there's something there's something to be said there so all right so uh timothy bluegrass I, I, if you're interested in the pigment thing i will uh we'll talk after the show i will send you something i will send you probably the the best one out there we'll figure out i got to figure out what it is we'll get it i, I know what it is but like how to get it to you and all that kind of stuff we'll talk about that off what, the show.
3: What, 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 what are you going to recommend
5: i'm curious uh Harold's par sg par okay by by far the, the best pigment out there right now by far okay so i would strongly recommend that uh civitas matt you mentioned that is a pigment and a hort oil all in one i would not spray that at all in temperatures over 75 degrees bad bad things happen to cool season turf now warm season turf you'd be surprised you can actually make some stuff grow even faster than you normally do with civitas however it's not labeled for residential it's only labeled for golf and sports turf right now oh and it's it has a fungicide, high use rate. fungicide label gotcha. it has well some states labeled it as a fungicide correct so they've been very very careful to just not even mess around with lawn care what so is all what about said, one
3: of the hey, I'm gonna interrupt one more
1: one more. Ask about. <laughs> um,
3: the one of the generics, uh, Forsum Plus
5: by Qualapro. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, Forsum. a fine. It's a fine product too. Uh, so um, there's a guy. I'll see if I can pull his most recent paper. He works for Ohio State. Um. And he, he's probably like the foremost expert right now on pigments and light. Actually, there's two guys. One guy's done a lot of the pigment work. One guy's done a lot of the light quality research. And those two guys are probably the preeminent guys in the country on this subject. And so um, the pigment guy I know has had a, a ton of good success with PAR in terms of uh, not only ease of application and you know the transfer thing and all that stuff, but just in terms of turf quality longevity cost like averaging out all those things right it's it's probably the best one out there so uh the good thing about this too gentlemen with harrell's there will be no links in the description below because they are a private company and if any of the bms people approach them they well they're they're uh a very polite company they would not say any bad words But they would politely go tell them to go outside and play hide-and-go-fuck themselves. (laughs) Oops. Sorry.
2: Well... (laughs) Well... Harold's would uh, basically the actual content of their conversation would be we do not have any dealings with people that intend to resale to consumers.
5: Yep. They do not mess around with that. I'll give them credit. You
2: see the, yeah, you see Harold's the moment you ever suggest that your business involves resale of products to consumers. Uh, click. Okay. Click. That's it. It's, uh, So, for example, the person whom I won't name, there's no (laughs) chance in hell that he'd be able to strike up a deal where Harold's products could ever be sold on his website, for example. Not happening. Well. Um,
3: gentlemen, we are up on time. Um, we are going to have to take this to the after show. Um, for those of y'all playing along at home, don't know what we're talking about. Uh, we do produce a lot of content that has never seen the light of day. And, uh, and unfortunately and that's, that's left for, uh, the people that support the channel in exceptional ways. If you are interested in additional content, it is grown up content. It is way more a uh, uh, grown-up content than what you see here live on youtube uh there's two ways you can do this you can either become a channel supporter right behind you uh, right underneath you where it says join um, or you could go to patreon.com forward slash burn and return and uh and what that will give you is going to be access to uh you know live recordings of our podcast uh the the major pre-show that we do prior to the pro- podcast how much fun is that pre-show by the way because we're always <laughs> in a
5: weird mood beforehand <laughs> we get really really weird on we go as hard in the paint as you can possibly go with five fouls to give that's what we do we get kicked out of Um, the game it is
1: it is (laughs) you,
3: you know some people are charged up on meth we're charged up on methane and uh and it is it is the wild wild west for sure so like i said if you're interested in that uh feel free to check it out those one or two ways we will have a link for the show in dirty D's for 10 minutes 10 minutes alone then it's gone forever like literally after that it's deleted the video can never be rewatched it's it's gone it, it disappears. so you get one opportunity one opportunity alone and uh and and that is it um but if you're not into that sort of thing that's why i'm giving you the warning now do not join if you if that type of thing hurts your feelings or whatever the case may be uh because obviously we don't want to put you in a position you don't want to be so there all right, we are headed to the after show. Timmy Bluegrass, thank you for coming on and being a guest. Um, Demay, Ray, look, boys, it's <laughs> been real, but let's go get real real. Really <laughs> real. For the next hour or so. Really real. All right. Really, really real. Let's go put some yeah. holes in.
5: Oh, what? Hell yeah.
3: No, what are you
5: oh, going to say? Let's go put some Molson, some more-
2: Molson more on.
5: In oh No, not Molson oh. on. God damn it. Oh no, more let's go put some more holes in Matt. Bye.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>